Lights. Camera. Action. No. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. <laughs> and as you can tell, uh, the movie for today is... Die Hard. Mason's favorite Christmas movie. It's the best Christmas movie. It, empirically. It is a Christmas movie. I will not go as far as to say it is the best. Not in my opinion. That's okay. We can all have That's, opinions. Exactly. And and then mine is right. And yeah. Honestly, I don't even fine. know what my favorite Christmas movie would be. Well, until you decide Actually, well, it's Die Hard. It's probably Christmas Vacation. Then maybe... I have no idea after that. Okay. Yeah. Then it's a 40 million way tie, including Die Hard. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I can get with that. And then coming in very last is A Christmas Story. It's just been beat to death. I didn't like it before it was beat to death. I sure shit don't like it now. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever watch it as a kid? Oh, yeah. I didn't like it as a kid. I, I never even heard of it until I was, I don't know, probably in my 20s. I didn't even know it existed. So there's no... Like nostalgia, I've never seen it. I'm never going to watch it. Right. And that voice is Adam joining us again on the Silver Foxes on the Silver Screen. Welcome, Adam. It's great to be back. Thank you for having me again. Of course. We're excited. All right. Well, you can follow us at Fox Movie Pod on X. Or you can Gmail the show at silver.foxmoviepod at gmail.com. Still no Gmails, but that's okay. Still no Gmails. We're getting it out. We even offered a prize. Yeah. Okay. It's still early. We'll get there. So the prize is still available. Ooh. Ooh. It's not even Christmas themed. Yeah, exactly. Or is it? it might be. Ah, you I was, don't know. I was going to send somebody a turkey, but and we're past double. that. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're going to get a turkey with a Santa hat on it. <laughs> oh, man. That turkey's been sitting out way too long, too. We need oh, to really get rid of it. No, it is It is not good for eating. <laughs> it's grown a beard. So the, the Santa hat is appropriate, at least. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. We are going to talk about how this movie got made. Let's talk about some of the writers and the actors. Yes. Before before Die Hard. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, this this movie was a was a box office smash with very few big name actors in it. Actually, um, I feel like it was like what the first like feature film with, for Alan Rickman and really the first big movie for Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean, it, it, original release date was July, July 22nd of 1988. Strange timing for a Christmas movie. That doesn't mean it's not one. It still has Christmas references. Yeah. And he flies to L.A. for a Christmas party. Like, without Christmas, this whole plot doesn't take place. And some of the best lines don't even take place. Some of the just abs- great lines. Yeah. Great, great lines. Um, Directed by John McTiernan, uh, he he jumped into Die Hard fresh off of directing Predator, which I feel like we've all heard of. Pretty pretty big movie. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Also, <laughs> a couple future governors in that Jesse Ventura, yeah. Schwarzenegger. Yeah, strong movie. Uh, he went on to also direct The Hunt for Red October, uh, Last Action Hero, Rollerball, which has a little bit of controversy surrounding some shenanigans. <laughs> Uh, he got in a little bit of legal trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't have a ton to say about John McTiernan. Yeah. He graduated from Juilliard oh. and then spent a little time in uh, Yankton, South Dakota. Okay. The prison camp. After the legal trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it was So that was federal legal trouble. Yeah. Lied to okay. the FBI. Uh, and got caught. Yeah. Got caught. Yeah. Was wire, wiretapping some phones illegally. Yeah. That's, that's I, problematic. Yeah. 
So yeah. then he filed for bankruptcy, and I don't know if he's done anything since. I I would I would venture a guess he doesn't. <laughs> Probably his, his, his history in IMDb kind of comes to an abrupt stop. It does. Surprisingly, right around two thousand two. Yeah, yeah, it's, somewhere it's around early two thousands. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, movie was written by Jeb oh, Jeb Stewart, Jeb Stewart, uh, and Stephen E. D'Souza, based on the book by Roderick Thorpe. Uh, Nothing lasts forever from nineteen seventy nine. So you know that was a sequel book. No. To The Detective. <clears throat> oh, The Detective also got made into a movie. Yes. Called The Detective. Starring okay. Frank Sinatra. Oh. So Fox originally had to offer that to Sinatra. To Sinatra. Yeah. Which, by the late 80s, he was ready to pass. He's not doing. Sure. He's not jumping off of a building. Okay. I didn't realize Frank Sinatra also played John McClane. He didn't. It was a different character. Different name. character. Okay. Yeah. I think they changed it to McClane. For Bruce Willis. Yeah. Okay. So nice. Uh, Jeb Stewart from North Carolina. I was wondering, isn't there a highway? Uh, There's is, a Jeb Stewart highway up to like Stewart, Virginia. But I think that's a def, different. I think that's a different Jeb. Stewart. I think that is a Civil War Jeb Stewart. Mm, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I assumed it was. <laughs> it's it's in a part of Virginia that would still celebrate that. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Stewart, Virginia is named after this named guy. after that jeb stewart yeah yeah this jeb stewart was from gastonia charlotte area okay graduated from chapel hill go hills even though they lost last night you know but whatever you can win them all whatever uh yeah and die hard was his first screenplay yep he went on later to write the fugitive yeah yeah i think he won some awards for that he's that is an incredible screenplay yeah i mean yeah it's a great movie but it's a pretty good book. Yeah. I, I honestly thought that was like an Aaron Sorkin movie. I'm surprised to learn that it was was nah. a, it was a Jeb Stewart. I yeah. prefer The Fugitive too. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Is, I didn't even know there was a Fugitive too. Is there? Yeah, Wesley Snipes, uh, oh. Robert Downey Jr. I like Too Fast, Too Fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. U.S. Marshals is a great follow up yeah. to The Fugitive. Too. Yeah, I call I, it Fugitive. I, for some reason, I thought that somebody <laughs> made a movie called The Fugitive. I was like, no way. He got out and they couldn't find him again. Oh, <laughs> but kind of. It was a different yeah, guy. Different yeah. guy. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a great cast as well of the of the U.S. Marshals in the Fugitive, Tommy Lee Jones, Joe Pantoliano. I think those are probably the big names. And then uh, there's the the young white guy with the long hair, the middle aged <laughs> black dude, the chick. <laughs> they they really round out the cast. They had their checklist. They had their checklist. <laughs> yeah. they got them all. And uh, you said, oh, Stephen E. D'Souza. Yeah, uh, he also leading up to Die Hard, uh, he wrote Forty Eight Hours in the sequels. Uh, he wrote Commando. And Running Man, a couple a uh, couple of Schwarzenegger films, and then Die Hard in their sequels, and then afterwards he was a writer for the Flintstones movie, which we've discussed on previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, tune in; you can find those on Spotify or anywhere else you can find your podcast. Previous episodes. Um, he also wrote for Street Fighter, which he'd probably rather have off of that list, and Judge Dredd, which was a pretty good movie. Do you know when he was born? I, on his birthday, November seventeenth. Really, there's a birthday with this guy. Okay, oh, nice. Yeah. nice. I thought Very it was good. funny. I'm like reading the writers. I'm like, oh shit, one's from North Carolina and one shares a birthday. Like, Man, some good connections. We should have done this movie a long time ago, right? It's, it's <laughs> yeah, it is very seasonal. We, we hit it at the right time. 
Nice music. Moving on. Um, Michael Carmen was the was in charge of the music. Uh, his one of his early um, composing credits. He did the orchestra arrangement for Pink Floyd's The Wall. Ooh, nice. Yeah, strong there. He also uh, was responsible for the music for the movie Highlander. Great Sean Connery movie in a very strange bathing suit. Uh, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. The Last Boy Scout. Free Willy. Also collaborated on Judge Dredd. And... Then he kind of got into some really high-end musical movies, some some powerful. He did the music for Mr. Holland's Opus, which was about a high school or college music guy. I don't remember. I've never seen it, but I've seen clips. It's about music. Yeah, it's about a band. <laughs> <laughs> and then also one of my favorite sad movies, What Dreams May Come, Robin Williams, man, heartstring cool. puller. So pretty, pretty – Decent musical resume, maybe not, maybe not some of the classics of we've talked about before, John Williams, Alan Silvestri, but still pretty, pretty strong. Still music. pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, but when you're going up against those two powerhouses, yeah, exactly. I mean, they're they're in a league of their own. Yeah, they really are. So, they might have done the music for a league of their they own. They might have. <laughs> yeah. All right. This movie stars Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, Bonnie Bedelia. Those are the three big ones. At the time. At the time. At, well. Because Reginald Vell Johnson is not a household name yet. They didn't even separate the Vell in his last <laughs> name. It was Reginald Bell Johnson. Bell Johnson. <laughs> yeah. William Atherton was still up and coming. He was still a name. And then the principal from Breakfast Club. Yeah. Paul Gleason. Paul Gleason was probably another. And honestly, has some of the best lines in the movie, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What is it? Uh, Dwayne T. Robinson. Dwayne T. Robinson. <laughs> I got some news for you, Dwayne. I feel uh, bad for everybody named Dwayne watching or recently after watching this movie. Yeah. Yeah. But how do you say Dwayne? Do you say it like that? I always think of a different world. Dwayne. 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 <laughs> Dwayne. I, I I don't know how I say I don't think I say Dwayne. <laughs> it's it's not, not a frequent hurdle that I have to jump over. Which no. is surprising, living in the area we live in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know a couple Dwaynes. Yeah, but I mean, we don't we don't like talk, and I don't refer to them terribly often. Yeah. Well, you and Dwayne and them doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let's talk about the Bruce Willis of it all. Paid five million dollars. Bit uh steep for that day and age in, in 1987 money. Well, yeah. probably 1985 86 money and. He wasn't the big household name he is today. No, had he? Now, see, I, I mean, I, this is the movie that this is what him put him the, on the map. Yeah, yeah before yeah, this, yeah. it was Moonlighting. I was going to say this catapulted him into movies. Yes, yeah, because I was just wondering if he had if he had made Moonlighting yet, but he obviously had. Yeah, he yeah. was. I think I said I read the only reason he was actually able to make Die Hard was because his co-star was it Sybil Shepherd. Sybil Shepherd in Moonlighting was pregnant at the time. So, oh, so he was on a break. So he was on a break. Oh. So he was able to. Um, and this was right about the time he had his debut album in 1987. Shut up. The Return of Bruno. <laughs> really? <laughs> I did not dive into that. I. Maybe at a later date for another Bruce Willis movie. Man. Yeah. 
we're going to need some drinks ready because I'm sure it is not good. Oh, and I feel like he had done a Smirnoff commercial right about the same time. And as Bruno, Br- as the artist, <laughs> Bruce Willis, and not the actor, Bruno Willis. And it was not good. <laughs> oh, man. I really hope that album is like very synth heavy. You know, like eight, like, like very eighties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Bruce Willis was born in West Germany. His mom's German, and his dad was an American soldier. Really? Okay, which makes sense. I mean, he does a lot of action style soldiery movies. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring this just in quick contact. with, yeah. with one of the with the sports with the underscore. Because I was watching the football game. Adam and I were watching the football game, the Steelers-Colts game last night. And the announcer goes, man, he's got more moves than a military family. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard that line before. And I giggled like a moron. It was fantastic. Oh, who was that? Oh, I don't don't even remember. uh, I don't remember who was even announcing that game game either. I giggled like a moron. (laughs) I mean, that's one of the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. Watching sports all these years, never heard that. This might be getting ahead of ourselves, but isn't the like terrorist group that Hans Gruber was exiled from a West German terrorist? Group? Yes. Yep. I think it was. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good pull. So just for context, because uh, most people might not know this, but uh, after World War II, Germany was split into two halves and the uh, West German half was kind of like controlled by like Great Britain, Europe and East Germany was the allies was controlled by Russia. The Axis. Well, the communists. Was, yeah. The communists. Yeah. yeah. So, communist party had control. Yeah. And then that was the Berlin wall is what separated them. And famously it came down in the, at the end of the eighties. Tear down that wall. Well, or was it 92? I think it was, I think it was 91 or 92. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. now there's just one. No, it was just, just German, German. just Germany. Yeah. 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 In classic German style, they have increased their efficiency. They only need the one. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, we need to do that with the Dakotas. We could. (laughs) Even now. Not the Carolinas. No. Like satellite images of Germany at night, you can tell where the line was because of the quality of the street lighting on each side because the communist side, it was poorer quality, like lights and stuff. So you can still, like just by it being lit up at night in modern day, you can still tell where the differences are. Man, that is so wild. If that was okay, if that was in '92, they've had 31 years to get their shit together on their streetlights, and they have not made enough moves that you can you, you can't tell where the line is. Come on, Germany! Come on, Merkel! We need streetlight money. <laughs> in America, they would have already put in two new roads and <laughs> all new lights. They would have already <laughs> upgraded to LEDs, and then they would have gotten a shipment of those damn blue bulbs. They they'd all be blue by now. Well, listen, you can imagine how expensive it, it would be to replace those with German LEDs. Oh. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they probably can't even afford their own life. <laughs> they sell us bulbs and then they buy the 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 Taipei, Chinese Taipei bulbs. <laughs> nice. Uh, so Bruce Willis started acting because he had a terrible stutter in high school. I feel like that's a theme for a lot of actors. Yeah, like it just gives them the confidence to start talking yep. like, and practicing. Yep. Same so. same story for James Earl Jones. Terrible stutter and now one of the most recognizable voices in the industry. I would probably say the most. Yeah. I mean, it's way up there. Yeah. I, it depends, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Rickman's but, up there. 
I'm very bad at recognizing voices, but I have never not recognized James Earl Jones. Right. Voice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I downloaded a version of the Bible that he was reading. It was like, he okay. definitely read the whole Bible. This is yeah. nice. God, I want to, I want to be that pronounced of a voice actor someday where I read the Bible and people are like, you know what? I'm going to listen to the whole Bible. Listen to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we just keep it this, man. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're getting there. Oh. Uh. This is, I thought this was funny. Um, some of the uh, jobs Bruce Willis had before he broke into acting. Okay. Lay it on me. What did he do? Uh, one, bartending. Pretty common. We've all been yep. there. Uh, he was a private investigator for a while uh, and a security guard at a nuclear power plant. Whoa. And yeah. Okay. He, like, was, he was getting ready for an action Yeah, he career. was, right? <laughs> yeah. Bartending. <laughs> Learn how to talk to people. Yeah. PI, okay. Security at a at a nuclear plant. I mean, okay. the bartending helped him spot all those fake IDs. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've seen enough IDs to know that these cost a fortune. <laughs> when I was a bartender. Oh, and uh, some of his movies. I mean, Jesus, we could list them all day. What do you? But like off the top of your head, can you name your favorite Bruce Willis movie? Yeah, Die Hard Three. Oh, yeah, I'd say Die Hard 3 is probably my favorite of the yeah. Die Hards. The one with the puzzles. I also like A Whole Nine Yards with Matthew Perry. Okay. It's funny. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think Unbreakable is my favorite. Unbreakable man, is a great movie. I did not like it the first time I watched it, but I've rewatched it since. Mm -hmm. Kind of watched the whole trilogy. What is it? Unbreakable and Mr. Glass or whatever. And then, and then the one with... Uh, Professor X. Yeah. Um, with the multiple personalities. I haven't seen I've only seen Unbreakable. I didn't yeah, I didn't go after Unbreakable that. Too. Yeah. Or I've only seen Unbreakable also. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you've also only seen Unbreakable? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I just like that one because it's kind of like a quiet, like character study version of a comic book movie that we're probably never gonna see ever again. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. There are very few special effects. It's very story and character driven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Armageddon's good too. And Pulp Fiction. I mean, it's Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Dude, that's a fun story about how he even got involved in Pulp Fiction. <clears throat> Play it on us. He was at, okay, so he was at a party. So this is relayed by Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino was at a party at Harvey Keitel's house that Bruce Willis was at. And Harvey Keitel introduced Quentin Tarantino to Bruce Willis. And Bruce was like, hey, you know, Harvey gave me the script. He read it. I would love to be um, not Jules. Jules was Samuel L. Jackson. Mm -hmm. He wanted the Travolta character. And, and, and Tarantino's like, look, we've kind of got Travolta earmarked for this, you know. And then he thought about, you know, well, what about? And there was one other character. He said, he goes, listen, was read, read the boxer character and tell me what you think reread the script focus on that and he reread it and he was like awesome i'm in i want to do it like bruce willis was like begging to be in this movie and they already had the cast so like picked out that they had to kind of like find a place for him so i think they even expanded the boxer character because bruce willis was in it love that and that's one yeah. of my favorite parts of the movie honestly yeah. the whole damn movie there's is, not a bad part there's not that movie. there's not um, I could have done without some of the sodomy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't really. But it did. But, it did yeah. drive the story. Yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't gratuitous. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead, babe. Uh 
and probably one of his best roles, Rachel's boyfriend on Friends. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. And also another Friends uh, reference in this uh, movie. Okay. Paul Gleason in the What Could Have Been episode where Phoebe is an exec. He is Phoebe's boss. Oh, oh my that, God. Where Phoebe has a heart attack? Yeah, where Phoebe has yeah. a heart attack. Yeah. I forgot about that. I was reading it. I was like, oh, Whoa. shit. The friend, the whole friends thing. Like, oh, man, it's great. <laughs> I, have a, I, have another, I have another tinfoil hat theory about this movie. Lay it on us. I think, and I'll, I'll have to think for a little bit harder on, on the other connection, but I think Seth MacFarlane based the family guy Consuela character on the housekeeper. Oh, Rosie? Rosie. Yep. Oh. No, telephone. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Nero's not home. No, uh, I have no money. It is spot on. It, yeah. I mean, it's it's so perfect. I mean, she's oh. she's great at her job. She's you know the only thing that gets the news crew in is the threat of calling immigration. You know, which they're not going to be move. they're not going to be there that night. Like lock them out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got bigger problems going on. Like there's absolutely nobody's yeah. coming out there. They're not mobilizing for one housekeeper who's gainfully employed in L.A. <laughs> There's a there's a lot of like nonchalance in the movie that like seems misplaced sometimes where like like right at the end the guy gets shot and you like the next scene is just people like just like walking through immediately, <laughs> yeah. immediately yeah. they're just milling. Yeah. <laughs> Watch that. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Watch step. <laughs> or, or one of one of the best almost inappropriate nonchalant lines when the the roof blows. And uh, Dwayne, he goes, oh, we're going to need some new FBI guys, I guess. <laughs> Three oh. people died in a helicopter. And he's like, uh. <laughs> when Hans falls off the roof, he's like, oh, I hope that's not a hostage. Hope that's not a hostage. <laughs> <laughs> or even uh, like, oh. well, I mean, we can go on and on. But like uh, when the when they the feds send or it might have just been the regular cops when they send the, the vehicle in. Send in the car. Yeah. And like <laughs> everybody's just getting murdered. And it's just kind of like not like a huge deal. That yeah. line yeah. I have heard so many times because one of the, the football podcasts I listen to, anytime they're talking about Derek Carr, that's the line they play. Send in the send car. Send in the car. Send in the car. <laughs> What's the podcast? Call them out. Oh, uh, the uh, uh, the fantasy, the footballers. The footballers. Yeah, the fantasy footballers. Sweet. Shout out to the fantasy footballers. Yep. They're great. Been listening to that for a while. They also have a show called Spitballers, where they just talk random just shit, just whatever. But it is very structured like a fantasy football show. Okay, yeah, I might have to. T- I've never listened to the podcast. It's, it's good. In. It sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right, let's go on to Alan Rickman. First uh, major role, but we one. all at this point everybody knows who he is. Yep. Because I mean, of dogma. But yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> the voice of God. <laughs> the voice of God. Metatron, is that? I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's his, his character in, in dogma. But on the real, I mean. He's Professor Snape. He's yeah. Snape. Yeah. yeah. To a whole generation. Yeah. I think, I, having watched the movies and read the books a couple times, I think Snape in the movies is the only character that's better in the movies. Than the book. Than the books. Mm. Agreed. Yeah, just because Alan Rickman. I mean, he just took it home, you know? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I saw someone tweeted out. I think his name was uh, uh, McJesse or something like that on Twitter. He said, Die Hard's just a Harry Potter movie. 
Guys running around, <laughs> guys running around the tower, hiding from Alan Rickman. <laughs> Like, that's great. Like, it's, it's it's not spot the, on. It's not the worst theory. No, yeah. he even pretends to be like someone else, like he's like spying on the from yeah. the order. <laughs> right. like, <Yeah. laughs> he uses his Occlumens. Nobody can read his mind. Yeah. <laughs> Except for John McClane. Except for John McClane, who just knows he he just knows he's full of something. Yeah, Clay, oh. Bill Clay. So uh, other movies, like we said, Dogma, Robin Hood. Robin Hood, Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. Yep. I really need to watch this movie. I, I It came out during a time where it was too adult for me. Was yeah. that the Kevin Costner? The one? Kevin yeah. Costner, Morgan Freeman. Yep. Alan yeah. Rickman. Like, holy shit. Yeah, this movie's so got good. stars. But yeah. I think uh, Men in Tights must have come out it just, totally did. just before that. And it's like, I am good on Robin Hood. I like that is. No, Men in Tights. Came out after Prince of Thieves. Did it? Yeah, it, it was a complete play on Prince of Thieves. Like the oh, old, okay, yeah, the yeah, old yeah. witch. Her name was Latrine, but she was based on the old witch character in Prince. Like, okay, that's the version of Robin Hood that Prince of Thieves is spoofing. It, it, Love it, it. it must have been the case yeah. where you like see the parody before you see the source, right? So like the source like doesn't even matter. Well, well and, and think for us. I mean, at right. that time, that age, we're not watching. Prince, Prince of Thieves, we're right, watching right. Men in Tights. Right. And then yeah. Men in Tights came out like in the 90s, and you're like, oh, this is this is funny as shit. This yeah. is great. We got Dave Chappelle. We've got um, uh, uh, Wesley from – Yeah. Oh, what is Carrie his name? Elways. Carrie Elways. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 And, and I knew it was a weird if name. If we wanted to watch God. Prince of Thieves, we would have had to go into the video store and pick that and rent it. Other movies, right? No and, way. And pay four dollars. <laughs> no. If we're if we're walking out of the video store, we're walking out with Transformers. Yeah, or a Sega Genesis game. Or a Genesis <laughs> game. Yeah. Or that's right. At that time, you could rent the system. You rent yeah. it. That's right, dude. I yep. used to, I used to do odd jobs, and I would rent a Genesis for a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Play Super G Man and take that unit back. Great time. Yeah. Great time. Great time to be alive. Yeah. You didn't need five bills for a PS5. You needed like $14.99. You had a <laughs> Head fun for the weekend. weekend. I, yep. remember, I remember renting Shadowrun and like my save file was still on there. Oh. So you got the same cartridge back? <laughs> yeah. Man. <laughs> Very nice. That's that's winning as like an, like an 11-year-old. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, also, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, music by Michael Carmen. I love how you can start seeing how – Everything kind of how like, like there's nine people in Hollywood that do everything. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, a couple other movies: Galaxy Quest. Oh, oh yeah, great. Yep. And notable, notable for being like, I mean, he plays a serious character, but like, it's a funny movie, and he's being funny. Yeah, he's really good at it. Yeah, it's it's spoofy. Yeah, very. Yeah. And a great cast there. Yeah, Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver. I mean, Alan Rickman is uh. Sam Rockwell in that one. Sam Rockwell well. is in that one. He plays crew He's a red number shirt. two or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going down there. I'm going to die. And he's also in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He's in Hitchhikers. With... Oh, he's the voice. He of is. The robot. The, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of great movies with this guy. Most Def was really good in that. He really Most was. Def was like, really good. It, yeah. Yeah. He's a really good actor. I like the movie with him and Jack Black. Uh, Be Kind Rewind. I don't think I've ever seen that. I think I've seen that. Oh, most deaf. Didn't he do a movie with Alan Snape or Alan Snape? Alan Rickman about uh, the first uh, heart transplant. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, 
One you look moment, that up. Please. Beacon Rewind. Okay. The, the theme of this movie is somehow all the videos get erased. All the VHS, VHS tapes get erased. Uh-huh. And Jack Black and Mostef remake the movies. All of them. All of them. Oh, my God. Okay. When did that come out? Oh, man. Shit. Right, Probably a, 10 or 15 years ago. We're, we're on a, a, a Google, <laughs> Google search. Not a break. Well, while they Google search, we will talk about the awards. Because, honestly, I wish he had won some bigger reward awards. Uh, MTV Movie Award, People's Choice, uh, Golden Globe, uh, BAFTA, uh, Primetime Emmy, and a SAG Award. Okay. Nothing... A lot of these came from like a 1996 miniseries that he oh, played in. Okay. Yeah. I really should have wrote down the that's name of that. Specific to, no, that's for Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Okay. Yeah. I was like, why did Bruce Willis win a BAFTA? No. Because he didn't. He did not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something the Lord Made, a 2004 American made-for-television biographical drama film about the black cardiac pioneer Vivian Thomas and his complex and volatile partnership with white surgeon Alfred Blalock Blalock? as the blue baby doctor who pioneered modern heart surgery. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Alan Rickman and Most Def. Excellent. Yeah. And Be Kind Rewind came out after that in 2008 and looks and sounds incredible. I've never heard of this movie, and I cannot wait to watch it. I think I've only watched it once. I need to put it on my rewatch list. I don't know why it says already watched on my when I Googled it. Put it on the short list for the podcast. Oh, it gives me the option. Already oh. watched and want to watch. Want to watch. Want to watch. Thank you, Google. <laughs> so next time when you Google it, it'll be like, you want to watch this. You yeah. want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch it. <laughs> Watch. You know you want to. Uh been finishing up with Bonnie Bedelia Culkin. Oh, yes. is that is that her maiden name? That is her maiden name. Wow. Uh, and because of that, you know. You, you have to dig you have to scratch at least to the next layer. She is Macaulay Culkin. And what's his brother? He's um, big famous now. He has a couple secession. Kiernan? Kiernan? Yeah. 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 Yep. Is that the same She's one who is unbreakable? I know it was a Macaulay Culkin sibling in Unbreakable, but I think hmm. he has two or three. I'm not sure. I always see Haley Joel Osment. Like, <laughs> oh, that's pay it forward. <laughs> uh, she didn't have a bunch. Of, like, she is in a bunch of stuff, but I guess her big break after Die Hard came like in Parenthood, an NBC series recently. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like 2005, 2015 or something. She was a regular. That was way um, after this. Yeah. But between then and then, um, she started a bunch of those like Lifetime movies. So my mom knows her. Yes. It was no, like. No, no, no. Sorry. You said Lifetime and I thought Hallmark. Uh, same different. Uh, no, <laughs> Lifetime is the, it's like the Bonnie Bedelia story. Yeah. Like. Ogled <laughs> <laughs> by the neighbors. Yeah. The Die Bonnie hard. Bedelia story. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> she is in like four of those movies okay with like the the title and the block block story <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh adam i'm looking and i don't see a caulk in in uh in unbreakable yeah i don't either but there was a kid in there let's see the kid spencer treat clark Yep, I could see how he would be confused for a Culkin. I guess I always thought that was a Culkin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he probably wishes he was, he was a Culkin. <laughs> then uh, Reginald Vell Johnson. Man, 
great cop. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a real played, family man. Yeah. Real family man. I I probably knew this, but I had forgot it at some point. But Family Matters was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. Was it? Yes. I mean, they both, both took place in Chicago. Apparently, what's he the, made what's one. What's the connection? Uh, um, Harriet Winslow. Okay. Was a reoccurring. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But Carl only made one appearance. Man, talk on about. Perfect Strangers. Talk yeah. about a wild success story of appearing on Perfect Strangers a couple times and getting your own show come yeah. yeah it was on tgif with full house yep and was way bigger way b- yeah. way bigger than yeah. perfect strength i mean there was a whole like urkel movement right yeah yeah there's yeah. a jaleel white joke on 30 rock yeah <laughs> 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 that's staying power mm. uh so he played a cop in ghostbusters uh die hard uh turner and hooch yep he was in Crocodile Dundee, and he was in a deleted scene in Avengers Endgame. Really? Really? Yeah. I'm, like, going through his, like, list of, you know, movies and whatnot, and it was, like, Endgame, deleted scene. It's like, shit. Damn. I need to wow. see that. He was yeah. also in an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, because, because of his role in Die Hard. Yeah. And he oh, was, yeah. And he was, bar. yep, he was referenced in 30 Rock. Hmm. Uh, let's see. And most recently, other than Endgame, Invincible. You were talking about Neil oh, Gaiman yeah. earlier. The high school is Reginald Vell Johnson High. That's right. Yeah. And he plays the principal, Principal Winslow. Shut up. I swear to God. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh. And that character is drawn for him. Straight. Like, yep. just, it's him. It's great. Well, apparently he owes Tracy Morgan $40 as a reference on Thursday. <laughs> oh, yeah. President <laughs> Johnson owes me $40. <laughs> oh, just a side note, Josh, have you seen the second season of Invincible? I've started it. I'm okay. at the halfway point. Okay. Yeah. I haven't started it yet. Yeah. I was waiting for it all to come out because the first season drove me <sighs> absolutely nuts. Yeah. yeah. I actually watched up to the mid-season point. Went back and rewatched the first season and watched it again. Even the there's an Adam Eve special. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah. No, I haven't. Okay. It we really should... doesn't have to like tie into the main ser- series, but it's still a good watch. I, I, Adam Eve, I love that character a lot. Man. Yeah. I follow a lot of like people who read comic books on TikTok and they tell the story of like Invincible. So, like, I know what's coming, but yeah. man, I really need to sit down and read those. It is. I read them all. Oh. I, I read them all between like episode four and five of the original season because it was just driving me. Out. Yeah. Just, you needed more. Yeah, but yeah. I read it all in like three days. So I don't know how much I – I'm still going to be excited about watching this, the second season because I don't super remember what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you consumed I, it too quickly I to absorb. I will about the comic. There is a lot of fucking in the comic. Not like explicitly, but it's yeah. quite a bit of <laughs> reference. <laughs> more than you'd think. Yeah. I mean, it's a rated R comic. I mean, let's, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not for kids. It's not right. true. Right. All right. Uh, so Willis, we said this, he was paid $5 million uh, to play this role. Um, it was turned down by Arnold and Sly, but they also wanted a few other actors to play. Burt Reynolds was one. Burt Reynolds. Richard Gere. 
I don't see them. Those would have been hilariously bad. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I could have, I could have seen the big names: Arnold, Slive, even Van Dam probably yeah. could have done it. But then you throw another weird accent into the mix. You know, Belgian <laughs> accent doesn't. Re- I, I can't hear him saying "yippee kaye, motherfucker." <laughs> I don't think he could say it. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys know Van Dam was like a legit like martial martial artist? He like. Like one, like as a like a older teen or in his early twenties, he was like a kickbox, a real kickboxing champion. Started his own gym in Austria and was like wildly successful, and then moved to America to become a movie star. Like, nice. like the opposite of Stevens. Man, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. <laughs> the anti Seagal story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny in my head moment just now. I'm looking at my notes and over the actors who were offered McLean's part. And I'm like, Ford, Gerald Ford. No, that's not. <laughs> he, he played football at Michigan. He was Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. <laughs> that movie would have been totally different. Yeah, it would have been totally different. <laughs> but who am I talking about a movie podcast? And the first name that comes to my mind is a fucking Gerald president. Ford for Ford. Yeah. Like Gerald Ford. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not Henry Ford, not Harrison Ford. Like no. there could have been Harrison Ford, Ford could have done it. I think, <laughs> I think he could I think have. He could have yeah. yeah, but I see why he didn't. You know, yeah. Like, but yeah. Oh. <sighs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Die Hard, not starring Gerald Ford. Not even a little bit. Uh, so, you know, Hollywood offered him all this money, and then all the execs were like, uh, "I think this might have been a mistake." So they end up pulling like his image off of all the posters. They after the last like uh, preview, they took him out. All you could hear is you can hear his voice in it, but he's not shown in it at all. Oh, um, and then they did a limited release that was only released in twenty one movie theaters, um, because they're like, man, this is gonna be a flop. Yeah, we got we got to test it. Yeah, yeah, but obviously Boom. it never hit number one, but stayed in the top ten. For okay. like forever, which made it one of the top grossing movies of 1988. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what happens when you release a Christmas movie in July. You it's know. power. It's, yeah. It, it gets staying power. People stay interested. But it never it never really kicks up to number one. But you guys want to take a, a guess at some of the other movies that were released in 1988? Because this list is fucking awesome. Uh, I don't know if I could come up. My Cousin Vinny? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I have, these, these are like the big ones. <laughs> Let me run down the list. All right. It might run, be easier. Run it down. All yeah. right. Bull Durham. Ghostbusters. Big. Coming to America. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Rain Man. Cocktail. Rain Man and Cocktail. Yeah. yeah. Tom Cruise Tom had Cruise. two blockbusters in 88. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Like. Wow. Yeah. All right. Read it slower. Bull Durham. De Niro? Or no, Costner. Costner. Costner mm-hmm. And Rene Russo? No, that's Tin Cup. Who? Uh, it is. No, Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. Sorry. And, um, oh, guy from. The Marlboro Man. No. Oh, no. <laughs> I've never seen Boulder. Oh, what is his name? Shit, I'm drawing a blank. From uh, Shawshank. Oh, Tim Robbins? Tim Robbins. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we've got. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. You know it. Rickman, Aykroyd, 
um, Rick Moranis, Sigourney Weaver, uh, Bill uh, Bill Murray, mm-hmm. and oh God, who's the fourth Ghostbuster? Oh, the guy it, with glasses, um, right? Like the nerdy one. No. Well, so that was Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, yeah, Ivan Reitman. No, uh, Reitman wrote it. Um, oh, who was the actor? He ended up becoming a writer and a director. Damn it! All right, let's see. Google it. Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Yes. Yep. And oh, this is gonna make this makes me sound so bad because I just want to say the black guy, Ernie Ernie Hudson Ernie Hudson. Yes, thank you. I couldn't remember his uh, last name. Ernie I mean, Hudson. I met Ernie Hudson. Did you? You should you should have chimed in. I, honestly, I'm sitting there. I'm like, God, I have the picture, but <laughs> like, not a name. No, like, no, who is it? like yeah. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> yeah, great performances by everybody in Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, I can see why they made a couple of sequels. A really good cartoon and a really bad cartoon. And now it's coming back out. It's actually I'm, not the lady version. I'm looking for, like, I'm looking forward to the sequel Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Yeah. Because they bring back the original Ghostbusters and Paul Rudd. And Paul Rudd. Yeah. How you get mad about that? You you don't. Yeah. Uh Big. Big Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Uh Coming to America. Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, James Earl Jones. Boom, James Earl Jones. I yeah. mean, Man, and also Eddie Murphy and, and Eddie Murphy and, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> and, Eddie Mur- and Arsenio Hall and Arsenio Hall and Samuel L. Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson, yep. yeah, and uh, Louis Anderson, Louis Anderson, yeah, and yeah. Uh, what's uh, what's the Soul Glow guy? He was on ER. Eric LaSalle. Eric LaSalle. How about you that? Cool deep Eric cut? LaSalle, but not Ernie Hudson. Look, it was just it was just a random brain fart. Yep. Yep. See, I'm washing this lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> soon i'll be on fries i heard uh eddie murphy was talking about how the studio said that they had to have a white person in the movie and that's why they had got louis anderson (laughs) (laughs) like the studio told us we had to have a white person and he's like so i picked louis done done yep i went Mm. to i went to the comedy club got louis anderson (laughs) and we're good check it off check yep also john amos as Mr. Oh, McDowell, yeah. who's still kicking, like, still kicking. I around. remember being like a kid and like watching Coming to America. Like, I bet this guy is because he played old in that. Yeah, he played old in that. He was in Good Time. He was the dad. He in looks good time. exactly the same. He's the same. In Coming to America, yep. too, which came out like two years ago. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> and the landlord, Frankie Faison. Any but, relation? No. Oh, okay. No. No, I've, I've, I've looked, I've dug, I was like, he has to be related to Donald Faison. Right? He's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one of the best lines from that movie is his line. <laughs> Your rent's due, motherfucker. <laughs> Don't be pulling that phone down the stairs shit. <laughs> shit, you conscious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Great, great movie. I remember. That movie scared the shit out of me yes, as a kid. Yeah. That yep. was, yeah. Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Bob Hoskins. Uh, Kathleen Turner as the voice for Jessica Rabbit. Really? Yep. You know, I know that Kathleen Turner. <laughs> they really pulled out all the stops for the Chandler's dad. Yeah. <laughs> there's a. I think there's even like like a term now for like like it's called like swinging the lamp or something like that because there's this like scene in Who Framed Roger Rabbit where um, 
uh, Roger Rabbit is in a room and, you know, he's hand-drawn, animated, and then it's, you know, overlaid over uh, real video. Mm-hmm. And there's a light, a light bulb hanging from the ceiling in the room and it's swinging throughout the whole scene. And, like, it just makes it so much harder to draw this character who's walking around. I mean, you know, Roger Rabbit, he's very, an- like, literally animated. He's always right. moving around and stuff. And the lighting changes every second because this thing is swinging back and forth. And it's like they made it harder on themselves than they had to be. Oh. So, like, so like from an animation standpoint, it was like so impressive that that's what they call like going above and beyond is like swinging the lamp. So I'm okay. thinking, okay, it must be really hard because when you look at old cartoons, like the background is a different like animation than what's yeah, moving. Yeah. You're like – Okay, that rock is is a different tone, and I'll, I know that's not going to move. Like you can you could tell on like an episode of Scooby Doo that, that right that that door is going to open. Correct, and, and that and the, <laughs> and the the frame around it is not moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I'm thinking, okay, it must be really hard to put animation over a live action scene with something moving. Well, I didn't even take into account the change in the lighting. Yeah, to make it look real. That's incredible. Yeah, it's like the light is also lighting Roger Rabbit. Correct. So there's all these, lights. and it's a dark room, right? Just lit by the single bulb that's right. swinging and like man, know, shadows. And that's stuff. that's all. Aw- that's an awesome. I got goosebumps. Yeah. That's an incredible fact. I'm so glad Adam's here. <laughs> dropping yeah, the nugs. Thanks for dropping the nugs. Yes. <laughs> uh, and this movie was. Uh, introduced to the Library of Congress in 2017. So it'll be around Seems forever. Like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> okay. Like they were so, waiting for something better. <laughs> they were like, maybe live free and die hard will be the one. Yeah. Let's, let's hold and up. They, and they were like, nope, we're going nope. with the original. God. Yeah. I feel like after Die Hard with a Vengeance, it just got nuts. I'll be honest with you. I don't like the second Die Hard. It's the one where they're on a plane. They're on the plane. I think it's stupid. Don't like it. Die Hard 3, to me, is only marginally less of a movie than the original. I Okay, I have a question. Because I, I don't remember any of the sequels, really. I, I keep getting them confused with uh, Lethal Weapon. Okay. It's not Danny, hard to do. Was Danny Glover in one of the Die Hard sequels? No. 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 Okay, never mind. Nope. All Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I'm getting too old for this shit. <clears throat> right. Samuel L. was in the third one. Okay. Yes. Yep. When well, that's when they had like the bottles of water and they had to do the, yep, the puzzle. Yep. You got stuff. a three gallon and a five gallon. Oh, and that was a good exactly. Yeah. 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 And Live Free or Die Hard was with Justin Long. I'll be real honest. I've ne- I I couldn't make it through Die Hard with a Vengeance. No, Live. Wait. What's the order now? I think it's Live Free or Die Hard, and I, then it's uh, A Good Day to Die Hard. I couldn't make it through Live Free or Die Hard, and I've never seen It's a Good Day to Die Hard. I, I, I haven't seen A Good Day to Die Hard, but I have watched Live Free and Die Hard or whatever. Okay. Um, and towards the end, it's like, nope. Uh-uh. He like slides off a car onto a bridge, onto a fighter jet wing. <laughs> nah. Nope. Uh-uh. Not going to happen. No thanks. Yeah. So, well, let's get into our... Feature presentation. (laughs) Get your popcorn ready. Get it. All right. This movie opens with McLean on a plane. McLean on a plane. What? What thing that really? Oh, sorry. I was say he's very nervous. One thing that really struck me about this movie is that it's something that's changed since then. Is that this movie? There's no like narrator explaining the premise. You know what I mean? You're just meeting this dude. He's just on a plane. Like, there's no indication that he's gonna be walking barefoot around a building because of a terrorist thing you know what i mean yeah, like right 
it it just lets you figure it out. Not that it's super complicated, but most movies nowadays would be like, meet John McClane. You know? Like, <laughs> like a gritty New York be, police officer. Yeah, yeah, it has to be over-explained. And this movie, it's just like, it's simple. You get it and you watch it and it just like, it, it, it's paced really well because, you know, it eases in and then, oh, bam, it's an action movie and things start happening. Well, you know what happened? Some director was watching a movie with his girlfriend and she asked him a question every 14 seconds. And he was like, this, I can't deal with this. We're just going to add in an explanation. <laughs> yeah. And then it just, they just did that for every movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm kidding. But Well, one thing I do enjoy is you don't need it, but McLean talks to himself, which gives you an idea of what's going on, what's going on in his mind. Right. Because he's by himself 90% of this movie. Yeah. The vast majority of the movie. Yeah. I'm glad that he has the radio to talk to Reginald Bell Johnson. Yeah. Al. Yep. Because, I mean, they give a lot of exposition through his personal monologue and through the radio conversation with Al. Yeah. yeah. So right out of the gate, <laughs> he's got a gun on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and lights up a cigarette as soon as he gets off. Yep. In the airport. In the airport. Walking <laughs> to the baggage claim. Oh, thank God I'm off that plane. Time for a smoke. Uh, and you get the advice from the guy, like, hey, if you get off the plane, take off your shoes, make little fists, make with fists with your feet. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this for seven years. Yep. Yeah. He sees the gun. I've been doing this for 11 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love how now it is not very reassuring. If somebody sees a gun, you, you say, oh, don't worry. It's okay. I'm a cop. <laughs> and everybody's like, that's not that's better. Not, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't think that even flies today. Like, no, literally. Uh, uh-uh. uh, no. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. I've actually so on a trip to Wisconsin, I was we were going to a shooting range with some family, so I took pistols, and it was no, no, no. I'm sorry. It's when I lived in Minneapolis, and I came home, and we wanted to shoot for Christmas at Grandpa Grandma's house, and I brought pistols home with me, and the process of doing that was a giant pain in the butt. You just didn't get like a, like an underarm strap, underarm holster yeah. and just try to sneak it through and tell people you're a cop. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but doing it at Christmas was just miserable. Cause you do it in the same line that people are like dropping their kids off to fly with no adult <laughs> or people are, still do this. Oh man. Yeah. There's, there's a whole area. Yep. I think they call it the abductionary zone. Or- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this zone is for child abduction and, Firearms. Yeah. <laughs> Child abduction, abandonment, or firearms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can I can knock two birds. <laughs> Checking a gun, dropping off a kid. Where's he going? I don't know. Yeah. It's up to you. He's yours now. <laughs> when he gets there, here's his gun. I do still care about the lad. See if you can get him some cigarettes. <laughs> or also skis and, you know, oversized equipment or, or bat yeah yeah it's, it's an area uh so argyle picks up john we meet argyle yep and in a limo yeah for, which they're both new to yep and he rides up front he's riding up front <laughs> yeah. puts a big old gift in the back teddy bears in the back which yours was fucked up i hope he has a smaller gift somewhere for the for the boy that little kid is too young. He's supposed to hug his dad. <laughs> the gun is for the kid, actually. He's for the yeah, for, for, okay. For when yeah. he gets abandoned in an airport. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the bear's taking care of the little one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the big one's watching the little one. Oh. So John's at the uh John's at the building. Goes to type in McLean. Nope. Nope. I want to say this about the movie. It is 
it it seems so different from uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, the last movie uh, that I was on the podcast for. Mm-hmm. The it's the like it. I don't think they came out that far apart. Like it was only like I think it was still in theaters Christmas before this came out. Yes, yeah, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles came out yeah. the, the December before this July. But like the technology is so different <laughs> because like the taxi driver is like, we got a CD player. I didn't know they had CD yeah. players back then. Yep. And you go into Nakatomi Plaza, they got this computer system. Touch screens. Touch, Touch screens. screens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it was it all very high tech and fancy. And right. It just seems like we were in a good place technology wise. But you watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and it's like these people did not have their shit together. And they <laughs> both they both started New York. I I don't know if they both started JFK. Yeah, they do. He's flying out of JFK on the on the ticket that they zoom in on when he's in the oh. board meeting. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so different, but I, I I I felt more comfortable with the technology. Like, and it's like this is modern. I mean, Theo's a hacker. Like, I mean, those yeah. computers. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, so they, he has the touch screen, and he uh, he looks for his his wife's name with his last name. I mean, you there. would think you'd think you know, McLean, yep. but it's not under M's. I mean, I definitely look for Jenny. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in a relationship for 20 years. We're not married. You're, and no signs yeah, but of. Look, your default would be to search for Cardwell, no matter what family member no you're looking for. No matter what. <laughs> that makes it really, easy for you. Yeah. <laughs> really streamline the process. Oh, so when I get dementia, I'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> you just have your card. You just Cards, well on Cardwell. It. it just keeps saying Cardwell. <laughs> the card that says well. Look at this guy. This is my well card. Close. Uh, close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so good. Very good. And so, then you've, you've got the second security guard hiding where the cameras can't see him, like smoking a cigarette, chilling. Yeah. Is he cracking nuts in that scene? Uh, is he? He's doing something. Like I don't just, know. He's just. That's a Christmas reference then if he is. Yeah. Very, <laughs> very nonchalant. Uh, <laughs> Continued nonchalance. This, uh. The building is very strange because it's not finished, you know. Yep. But there's quite a bit of business going on, but it's also like completely empty, except for this one part. Like, well, like nothing happens between the ground floor and the thirtieth floor. Yeah, and, and McLean's there. He's- nothing above the thirtieth floor is even done. <laughs> yeah. And the security guard was a dick. He. There's only one group of people in the building. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, use type the it computer. in. Yeah, use the computer. Oh, they're. She's probably at the party on the 30th floor. They're probably. the only ones in the building. Yeah. Really? You couldn't have started with that? Come on, guy. You must be here for the party. Like, ah, oh, what a dick. Jeez. But oh. he, he finds his wife under her maiden name. Yep. And it's like typical, you know. Yeah. Oh. Because they're upset. estranged. Is they're estranged. The they're estranged. Yeah. They're estranged. Yeah. Because he, what did he say? He said he had hundreds of scumbags he had to take down in New York yet. Yep. Yeah. Which cases to wrap. Ah, that's kind of a weak reason to let your... Very successful wife, move your children to L.A. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, indicating there's a lot more going on there. More behind oh, Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then uh, what? He goes upstairs, meets Mr. Takagi. But at the same time, the terrorists are showing up. Yep. And I looked to try to figure out which basketball game Theo was talking about. Because he's like, Kareem rebounds, passes the uh, worthy, worthy out to AC to Magic, back to Worthy. Yep, shoots him two points. Two points. Game didn't happen. <laughs> nope. Yeah, they couldn't afford a real. 
<laughs> the, You're the, prohibited from uh, describing the game. I was going to say they could not give an account of the game without express yeah. permission from the National Basketball Association. Yeah. They spent all their money on Bruce Willis. They they couldn't even get Sidney Portier, which is who Theo looks just like. What is Theo from? I didn't take I don't the time. Think he's to... From I mean, he's been in other things, but I don't, I don't know think why he was in. Like I keep catching a glimpse of him, and I'm like. Are you sure that's not Sidney Portier? Because he looks just like him in so many angles in this movie. And in my mind, I'm like, is he the guy from Matlock? Oh, <laughs> Bubba? No, that's in the no, night. The night. Yeah. Are we talking about the limo driver? No, no that's no, Argyle. That's Argyle. Okay. Theo this is, is the, the, the tech guy. Yeah. The hacker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very recognizable. Yeah. Yep. But was he in Revenge of the Nerds? No, Is he the gay dude in no, nah. nerds? no. Nope. Okay, never mind. That's with his ba- with his bouncy, <laughs> with his, javelin. his floppy javelin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's oh. A, oh man, we got, I'm going to look movies. it up. You guys keep um, going. You so going on next. speaking, speak. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll continue our feature presentation. Uh, the terrorists are arriving. John McClane meets Mister Takagi. He goes into Holly's office where Ellis is doing blow on her desk. Uh, he was just trying to get away. He notices Ellis left a little bit behind on his mustache. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellis introduces himself, yada, yada. Wasn't Ellis – Ellis was trying to get uh, uh, John McClane's wife to go out with him yes, earlier. earlier. Yeah, yep. and she's like, it's Christmas, and he's like, hey, baby. <laughs> right. yeah. oh, super, super 80s guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. All right, what was he in? Uh, his name is – let me get back to the top. Clarence Gilliard. Uh, he was in uh, Top Gun. He played Marcus Sundown Williams. He was in Top Gun. And he played Conrad McMasters on Matlock. Shut up. Yes. Wow, deep cut. Way to go, Josh. I was like, God, I know this guy. Where is he from? He did pass away in 2022. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yep. Finally getting into that vault. He finally made it. All right. Speaking of the vault, their whole plan was, and this is jumping ahead just a little bit. Yeah, go for it. Their whole plan was for the FBI to shut down the power to the building, thereby disabling the final electromagnetic lock after Theo had hacked and defeated the first six. Are you telling me that they could have just shut power and just got in? Oh, yeah. Like it wouldn't have overrid all the other ones. <laughs> it, 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 it would have just turned everything else off and opened up. Oh. They really put the work in. He did, I guess he did drill one. Also, I mean, they didn't bring him for his uh, conversation. They didn't bring him for his charming personality. Charming, yeah. <laughs> Their method of um, breaking in was being mostly white and wearing suits. Yeah. And they just walked into the, the business building, you know, yeah. and the security guard is like, these guys should probably guys. be here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. One of my favorite scenes is how the waves part and you see Hans Gruber when they get off the back of the uh, moving van. Yeah. Like you see all the other little like henchmen and then Alan Gruber. Yeah. Yep. And uh, apparently he hated firing, like doing the firearms. Really? Yeah. And a lot of the times if he's using a gun, it cuts away because he would flinch <laughs> like almost every time. Wow, the only one you really see is when he runs out after he shoots, not after he shoots Ellis. 
No, you don't actually, really see him shoot Ellis. You just hear it. You just hear it. You only you see don't really the, see him shoot Takagi. Nope. But he, what's the scene? He he runs out of the office into the crowd, like shooting up. Like you see him shoot, like from a distance. You see it's like zoomed out, and you see him come out shooting. Is that oh, when he's trying to get everybody to the roof? After he finds out that uh, Holly McClane. Holly, after yeah. he finds out Holly. Yeah. Yep, he sees yeah. the news. He finds out that Holly is John's wife. There's a lot of just like shooting bullets in the air. In oh, yeah. Movie. Oh, yeah. Just like. Yeah. Oh, John McClane weighs so many. Yeah. Almost all of them. Yeah. yeah all but two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, there's a scene where he pulls the trigger and the gun's in. And there's nothing. Oh, yeah. 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 When he's On suspicious. Yeah. Yep. McClane's like, mm, yep. Yeah. Something's so, not right here. John meets up with his wife. Oh man, he meets what up a with Holly. Move. They're a little, you know, talking. She's you like, know. "I'm happy to see," you. and he's like, "Oh, you're you. not happy about?" Yeah, you sure, have... sure, sure didn't have any trouble giving up my name, right? <laughs> and he knows he knows right away, like fucking idiot. What am I doing? What a jerk. Yeah, yeah. Bangs his head on the fucking wall. Yep. And then she oh. goes back out to the party because Takagi needs her to say something to the troops. He takes off his shoes, makes his feet fists. It works. He's Son amazed. Of a bitch. Yeah, he's relaxed. <laughs> for all of about two point five yeah, seconds, everything yeah. is fine for a breath. <laughs> yep. And then oh. he hears the gunfire. They come in, just shooting bullets. Oh, you hear the elevator? Nobody turns around, and I mean, they probably really didn't need to shoot. I mean, they could have just walked right in and been like, "All right, we're taking over." Yep. <laughs> this is our party. Yeah. I think the movie really loses something in the description because it's not like there's a twist or like the like it's the action is like the point, you know? What yeah. I mean? So right. like, like at this point, it goes from uh, you don't really know what's going on. And then it's like the whole premise of the movie starts right here. And then it's like nonstop action all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, the rest of the movie is John McClane is a badass, you know, <laughs> like with. Right. Yeah. Runs oh. out with no shoes. Oh, that's right, because his shoes are off. His shoes, shoes are off because he's, he's, he's making this, the, the this, fist with his feet. This is something that I missed when I watched it. Like, I, I just didn't put it together because, I mean, I knew that at some point he's barefoot in the movie. Right. Because he walks on the glass, yeah. Uh, but he when he kills the first uh, Terrorist. Hench, henchman, he's like, yep. he's like, I had to kill the only henchman with size six feet. Or something yes. like that. <laughs> smaller than my sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what happened to your shoes? Like... I needed yeah. I needed that explanation that they didn't give me of like <laughs> yep. like a flashback. Yeah. Had, had there been had there been an overarching voiceover that yeah. explained oh, the narrator yeah. would have been like, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this is oh man, one of the best scenes in the movie when he sends the body down the elevator. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Huge Christmas scene. He writes on it, they they stretch it out. Alan Rickman reads it. Merry uh, Christmas. Or no, now, now I have, I have a, machine a machine gun. gun. Oh. Ho, ho. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And that's like where you learn what a badass he is. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I mean, you know, a New York beat cop, whatever. Right. Go either way. He could just be a scumbag, but it's like, oh no, he's a badass. We yes. still don't have much proof that he's not a scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. His wife, he's, he's kind of an asshole to his wife. Yeah. His wife does hate him. For yeah. Probably a very good reason. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. She's like, I love him, but God damn it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when he sends the body down, John's on top of the elevator, and that's how he figures out how many henchmen there are. Yep. Yeah. Carl's name, Hans's name, 
Yep. So he's writing them down on his arm. But when the elevator's going up, does he have a plan? No. Like he just fucking ducks like at the last second. Like, oh, I hope everything's okay. Actually, like I was thinking about this. When the terrorists come in, like he's a cop, he has a gun, he has like an unlimited number of options to like how to deal with this. And he's like, I'm gonna go run around these other things. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which turns out to be the absolute right decision. You know, yeah. if he doesn't right. just jumped in, he just got gunned down. Or, you know, a bunch of hostages would have got shot. Like, he could have, like, forced a confrontation right there. But he's like, I'm going to go rogue yep. yeah. right now. Bro. Well, first he wants <laughs> to call the cops. I'm going to hide in a barrel like the wily Fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. They cut the phone line. Yeah, they that's cut the right. phone line. Yep, he's running. Look, because yeah. he tries in the office, and then he goes up to the to the floor to the architect. And how much desk. equipment did they bring to cut these phone lines? Like, one yeah, guy's got a grinder, and the other guy's got a chainsaw. Yeah, <laughs> he's got, and, and the guy who knows what he's doing has got, like, alligator clips and a tester. <laughs> and he's like, okay, got to do this. And then his idiot brother comes up with a chainsaw. Well, he's on the phone with the limo driver when it cuts out on yeah them. with argyle yeah. yeah yeah and and neither one of them are like hmm. something's weird because yeah, yeah argyle's yeah. like you got the number call back yeah turn the music up yeah. this bar. <laughs> <laughs> right, i'm partying with this bear yeah yeah i i love oh. that they had the technology for a phone in a limo to work in the basement of a hundred story building of a high-rise building <laughs> yeah and even though he has the phone they also have the cb Got, right. the got the yep. CB, yep. got a phone, got huh. cable, got CD player, got a VHS. VHS. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's up. He's running around the floors that aren't finished yet. Takagi swears he doesn't have the code to the vault. I guess which, you'll just have to kill me. Yeah. Which, and af- after they go into the vault, you see like antique Japanese armor that has to be like his family armor. Yeah. Or yeah. something. Yeah. One of my favorite parts is how Alan Rickman seems so frustrated. He's like, are you really going to make me count to three? Like, yeah, come on, man. Yeah. There would not be a four. four. (laughs) (laughs) They're very cagey about what the company does. Not that it's super important to the plot, you know, but they're like, we just got – a big business deal. Yeah. Oh, show him, show him, did you show him the watch? Yeah, show him the Rolex. Yeah. It's a Rolex. Yeah. It's like we've got $650 million in bearer bonds in our vault because of business. Because we needed for businessing. Good at business. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get a bathroom door that looks like a wall because I'm bad at business. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to, to quote Jack Donaghy from yeah. 30 Rock. Oh. Yeah. But you're right. You never really find out mm-hmm. what Nakatomi Corporation yeah. does. It's not germane. It's because it doesn't have anything to do with how badass John McClane is. <laughs> right. The only thing that you – the only inkling that you really get is that it's some kind of maybe merger and acquisition because Ellis talks about hostile takeovers. You yeah. use a gun. I use a fountain pen. You know. So yeah, maybe. But also like the main office is in Japan. Right. Like, I don't know. They do something. They do business. And they the do business. That's funny. Yeah. That's all you That's need. That's all you need. Yep. There's a lot of money there. Yep. And they do business. That's yep. right. Businessing. Hard Business thing. Yeah. Until the terrorists come. And then, man, business isn't enough. Uh, <laughs> business, <laughs> business just went south. Yeah. <laughs> One of the scenes I think probably loses something this day and age is where Alan Rickman is reading off all of Takagi's, like, 
where he went to school, all, all oh, his accomplishments. Oh, his CV? He's yeah. reading his Wikipedia. His exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that would have been impossible. Well, I mean, you know, he's a CEO. I'm sure there's, you know, whatever, like a press release. But there was some research. Like, yeah. yeah. It wasn't knew. just a, oh, let me pull this up on my phone. Right. He didn't do that on his phone in the parking lot. No. Yeah. What, what, the movie makes very clear that whatever the business, business that the company does, uh, Hans Gruber understands it on a funny. Oh, way. he does. Yes, and he is there to exploit that to his advantage. Yes, yeah. you you could just be confident that he knows what they do and he is there for it. Well researched. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and very intelligent. He recognizes the guy's suit. Yeah, because he read it in a well, script. But the character is really good. Uh, I have to myself. What was it? He uh, a classical education. Yep. Yeah. The benefits yeah. of a classical education. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 What that's he makes some reference to something. He's talking about the models in the room and oh what is he uh oh, who is he referencing? It's one of the um oh man, maybe like a Greek general or something like uh, Yeah. I can't remember. He does he does say something about Alexander. He says Alexander served oh, the yeah, Empire yeah. Yes. he wept for there are no more worlds to come. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. The benefits of a classical education. You want to hear something funny about Alexander the Great? So, uh, when, always, yeah. So Alexander the Great uh, conquered the quote unquote, like air quotes, the known world because it was like the Mediterranean, basically. So, like from like uh, Greece all the way into Persia, Egypt, and then he got to India, and he wanted to keep going, and his. Troops were like, it's been 10 years since we've seen our family. Can we go home? He's like, okay, fine. We'll go home. Sure. So he's like, he goes home and he gets sick on the way home. And he's like on his deathbed. And all his generals are like, Alexander, who does the kingdom go to? Like, you're the Alexander the Great. You've conquered all of this. Who inherits it? Because he didn't have any children. And Alexander the Great says, it goes to the strongest. And then he died. And his generals were like, Splitsies? <laughs> Splitsies. <laughs> and they each got their own like country. <laughs> nice. So like uh the later pharaohs of Egypt were the Ptolemies. Ptolemy was one of Alexander's generals. One of his generals. He's the one who got Egypt. Okay. Yeah. Cleopatra was a Ptolemy. Was a Ptolemy. Yeah. 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 That's yep. interesting. That is very interesting. That is a very interesting yeah. fact about Alexander the go? Great. Uh, I have two. There's one more interesting fact about Alexander the Great. He was buried in a city called Alexandria, which survives to the modern day, that he invented. It was just a, like – it was empty, and he founded Alexandria on his conquest, and that's where the, he was buried. And his tomb was a popular destination for tourists in uh, a, the ancient times, uh-huh. and we currently do not know where it is. Wow. Its location has been lost, and it is very need, likely buried under an apartment building or something. They need Man. to get Nicolas Cage on this. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Call the Illuminati. Yeah. Somebody knows. Yeah, we Somebody. lost it. We, we lost it. It's well documented. Misplaced. We know all the stuff that's in there. What they, happened when they mapped the human genome and cloning became – a thing they're like we gotta burn these maps yeah <laughs> we, we we can't have another of him when i learned that i went to like look at a map of alexandria because i'm like i'm gonna be able to figure this out of course you got this <laughs> it's like a coastal city so it, it just it's like very long and like there's yeah. no like city center you nope. can't be like well it's obviously here in nope. the middle could be anywhere yeah. <laughs> oh that's oh. cool all right Benefits of a modern education. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> all right. Uh, so, all right. So John has killed Carl's brother. Yep. He's got a machine gun. He's got the radio. Uh, so he's pulled the alarm already. The fire department came, turned around. Fucking assholes. Yep. Oh, come on. Check yeah. it out. This is where the nonchalance starts because they're like, they're, there's no way. Which yep, is, is a real thing because, like, no, you don't want to believe that something crazy is happening. Yeah. You right. You know. So he. But, is oh. that when he gets on the radio and he's like, and they're like, this is a private channel. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. cops are fucking idiots. Yep. Oh, it's the same yeah. place where the fire alarm was called off. Good. Yeah. And there's yeah. like gunshots in the background. And they're like, sir. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Come down here and arrest me. I'm not ordering a fucking pizza. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we'll have a black and white do a drive-by. Yeah. And, and uh, we made Al. Cue Al. He's, he's in there in the convenience store buying Twinkies. For his wife. For his wife, who's pregnant, clearly. He's not wearing a wedding ring. Is he not? He's not. I did not notice that. I took him at his word. You, I had heard you it. suspicious man. <laughs> I'd heard it somewhere else. And <laughs> then I was looking when I was watching it last night. Right. I was like, oh, shit. He is not wearing well, a wedding this ring. This is before the popularity of those silicone rings. It mm. could be. It could have been a job hazard that you know maybe you don't wear your ring on the job because you get in a, a scuffle. See, but he was a desk jockey. Yeah. Yeah, he was on his way home. Yeah. yeah. But the asshole at the convenience store is like Twinkies, huh? Yeah. I thought you guys ate donuts. <laughs> like, no convenience oh, store clerk ever gives a shit what nope. you're buying. They want, especially to a cop, they want all the cops yeah. there that they right. can get. Exactly. Yeah. Like, have some free coffee. Right. And if you want a donut, you can have a donut. Sure. <laughs> so, at what age do you start, like, thinking cop, donut, cop, donut? Because I can tell you what what age my kid is, three and a half. And he knew. <laughs> he knew. Hey, we ran into a cop at the grocery store the other day, and he said, "What he buying, Daddy?" I was like, "I don't know. He's probably buying something to eat." Please eat donuts, Daddy. Like, wow, <laughs> not exclusively, kid. Yeah. And then said it again later when we Man. saw a cop. He's like, "He on the way to get donuts, Daddy." I, I- <laughs> I have to say that's a nature versus nurture thing. Kids aren't born knowing the cops eat donuts. It's got to be. I've like, never told him. It has to be something right. he's seen on. Yeah, I'm like sure a it's a cartoon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if there's a car, if there's a cop on a kid show, he's the donut eating kind, not the you know minority murdering kind. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. At that age. Yeah. But like, I was just like, where did you? Huh? You picked this absorb. up. That's yeah, just what? that cultural information <sighs> that you absorb. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's like how kid shows will have like references to stuff that they couldn't possibly understand, you know? Like, I mean, there's a lot of quicksand in kid shows. You guys yeah. dealt with a lot of quicksand? Yeah. No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> All kids know the danger of quicksand. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, artists like to they, they throw something in there for the for the adults too, so your parents Always. don't hate it. You know, they'll throw a little something in there. Could be a cop eating a donut. But it's hilarious that he knows. Yeah. Blew my mind. Man. <laughs> yeah. God, like, Pepsi Donuts, Daddy. Yeah. Wow. So I guess he thinks they live off donuts. <laughs> Only donuts. Only donuts. Oh, all right. So, like we said, Al gets the call. He does the ride by. Yep. Nothing. Nothing going on. He just pops in to see what's going on. And uh, John says, well, let me get your attention. Yeah. With this body I'm going to throw out the fucking window. Yep. Oh shit! Al freaks the out. Car, <laughs> yep, drives in reverse hastily off the edge of something. Who is is John shooting at Al at that scene? 
that, see, I was kind of confused about this because there's gunfire going on. Yeah, there's a lot of gunfire. Like it looks like he's shooting at. Yeah, but you would think he would just be shooting out to get attention, right, not yeah, like yeah. But it, it looks like there's more than one person shooting. Yeah, I think when I think they're watching because they're on alert because of the fire alarm. I want to say that a couple of terrorists on the roof are shooting at. Okay. Him. That makes sense. And if yeah. John, if John McClane is trying to get his attention with gunfire, it's more responsible to shoot down at the ground where you know there's nothing than it is to just shoot out in where a bullet just, just could over hit just LA. over LA. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just shooting into this metropolitan area. Famously sprawled out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if I was trying to, I wouldn't be shooting at him by any means, but I'd be shooting down at the ground where I know there's not a viable target where nobody's going to be accidentally yeah. hit. Yeah. I don't think the movie perfectly executes the, I'm just no. shooting to get his attention. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, but I, we get it's, it's a movie. Yeah, I yeah. do think some of the terror there, cause there are terrorists on the roof. I do think some of them start shooting at the car. Once they see the body fall, like once they know that right. the cop, yeah. Like, oh shit. Okay. We're blown. And yep. then like, uh, Al, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Al Pal. When he tries Al to call Pal. it in, when he tries to call it in, they're like, "Yeah, right." But yeah, <laughs> nobody believes that anything's happening at Nakatomi. No, yeah, can't be bothered by anything going on there. Uh-uh. Did, uh, did the news like, uh, like sub story seem shoehorned in? Oh, one hundred percent. Like, like it, it was not well. It had, I think they probably had to shoehorn it just so it was a they, reason that Hans found out Holly was. To make the connection. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, yep. there's like this scene in a newsroom and there's like this, it's like, do I know these people? Like, I know. Nope. Yeah. What okay. is he, what the, the one anchor man gets the Helsinki syndrome? Oh, yeah. The Helsinki Hel- Sweden? Sweden. Yeah. Sweden, yeah. Uh, Finland. Uh, Finland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, that's when they have the, uh, uh, the author of the book, it's like, like terror. terrorist hostage, hostage terrorist. Yes. <laughs> right. uh, a that. study in duality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that book. Just a blowhard. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh me. I do think it could be a realistic news practice of the time to be sitting there just listening to a scanner because I know people who do that now. Oh yeah. I'm guilty. They're, they're just, uh, they're just busy. Yeah. You know? I have a scanner app on my phone and, if I hear, if I hear sirens in town, I'm like, "Ooh, what's going on?" Yeah, what's, what's, going on? what's that? Yeah, that's right. Now, yeah. and if your job is to identify those things first and report on them before the advent or the the widespread availability of the internet, scanner's the way to go. Yeah, looks like he's on my grandpa's ham radio. The only reason I ever started doing that was because we had somebody who was geeked out on drugs running around with a knife breaking into the apartment complex that I used to live beside. Like, oh, yeah, he had broken to two apartments there and was like running behind our house. And the cops showed up. So was that the apartments I used to live in? It was the part of those. Okay. The ones that were beside me, not the ones down below you or same owner. Yeah, Same owner. Okay. Okay, Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. In the back there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the night I downloaded the scanner app. And now I listen every time I hear. Now, you know. Yeah. (laughs) That night I pulled a gun on a cop on accident. <laughs> I mean, because he came up to my door and scared the shit out of me. I got a, I had a gun pulled on me when I did maintenance. There was a resident uh, who was wheelchair bound, and he had called in. I, I didn't know that he had called in an after hours request. There was something wrong with his garbage disposal or whatever. So I went, knocked on his door. My God, because this is, I got the call on my pager. 
Oh, wow. And I went, knocked on his door, waited, 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 nothing left. He called in again, went, knocked on his door, waited, 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 left. He called it in a third time. It's like midnight. So went, knocked on his door. No sooner than my knuckles hit the door, he pulled it open. He's in his wheelchair with a gun pointing at me. He's like, why you keep knocking and leaving? I'm like, why do you keep calling this in? I'm here to do maintenance. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yep. Huh. Blah, blah, blah. This I was, was fortunate when when I did maintenance. I never had a gun pulled on me, and I never run across a dead body. Same, and I am very grateful. Same. I'm very grateful that the one of those that happened to me is what I've experienced. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I remember hearing horror stories when I got into that biz, like, oh, oh you're going to run across one. It's going to yep, happen. That's, that's right. Nope. At a, another, even less savory apartment I, I was doing maintenance at, there was a lady who liked to put in the work orders and have the, the young men come by, and she would answer the door with her robe open. Mm. It was not worth visiting. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, not I'm the like, scenario playing out that you no, you see in the movies. No. Dear Penthouse Forums. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Ew. I've been traumatized just by, like, hearing other people tell me about stuff they saw in the apartment business. Cause like, I mean, like I, I, I won't even describe it, but like that's, that's as close as I got to trauma from that. It's like, Oh yeah, gross. Don't tell right. me about yeah. that. Se- yeah. <laughs> Secondhand trauma. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. So okay. Al calls in back up. Yep. And here comes Dwayne T Robinson. Dwayne. Like, how do you know? You're, how do you know you're not talking to a terrorist? You could be talking to a bartender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a matter of timing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of are. I, I was saying, uh, I was telling Mason this when we were uh, watching the second half earlier. And uh, the, because the movie is about how competent and like extraordinary John McClane is, he's a badass. It's an action movie. He's the action star, you know. To contrast that, everybody else has to be super incompetent, and it's, like, to an unbelievable degree. And, like, so, you know, the head of the LAPD shows up, and he's like, I don't think this is what's really going on yeah. here. Deputy yeah. Chief then, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Dwayne and then, Robinson. And then I was like, it is the LAPD. You know? Like, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't as unrealistic as it seems on its face. <laughs> and that oh. that was, like, a common theme of the time, too. And that, that was pre-Rodney King pre the riots like everybody kind of thought the lapd was a joke even before they proved it right (laughs) (laughs) well even how many times in the movie does john mcclain go california California. (laughs) Uh i didn't know that that disdain was uh so uh widely relevant right pre pre i thought that was a modern thing right pre east coast west coast rap beef yeah yeah (laughs) yep yeah, he says it when the when the girl runs and jumps into the guy's arms, and she's wearing like next to nothing. She's at the beginning. And she's wearing like white stretch pants that are analogous to all the black yoga pants that are around now. Oh yeah, like she, she that outfit would be popular. Be today. fine. You, you're going to see that at yeah. any grocery store today, except instead of white pants, they're going to be black. Yeah. Yep. 
And then when that guy kisses him on the mouth when he first gets to, or kisses him oh, on the cheek on when the he first cheek, he, right, yeah. yeah, he's like wiping it off. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, but he looks yeah. strangely like amused and happy. Like it's yeah. a big smile yeah. on his face. Like right. this motherfucker. He's like, he, he tells, it's like a, a yeah, yeah, like, this motherfucker. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't a European kind of. Yeah, <laughs> there was no tongue. <laughs> no, no noticeable tongue. It anyway. looked pretty wet though because he used his whole head. It was a big old sloppy kiss. Oh man! So, All right, so we got Al. We got, got Al. the we've got the response. We've got Dwayne, and of course, what's the first thing he does? Send in SWAT. Send in the get the SWAT team, and what a bunch of fucking idiots! Yep, like seriously, LAPD. Like from the dispatchers <laughs> who were like, "This is a private line, sir." Yeah, to <laughs> yeah. the SWAT team trying to pick locks of a glass door. Right. right. Yep. Yeah. And then right. they're like, "Well, we're gonna have to use the dynamite instead of a rock." Yeah, I love how they're sneaking past the glass. Like, <laughs> there's cameras. The whole walls are made of glass. Yeah, and they're like, we better dress in all black. Like, it's like totally flat, empty. There's no trees. No, no nothing. No, no cover. Uh, how are we gonna get in? Well, we're gonna have to. The book says we pick the locks. It's like uh, all you can hear is the like Tom and Jerry tiptoeing music. <laughs> <laughs> And everybody inside yeah. is just their heads just turning, it's like, just panning, watching them walk by. So the SWAT team gets just shot. Well, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. wound them, don't kill them. And then, like, while they're dying, there's no reaction to that. You nope, know? it's not nope. like I just got four guys killed because I'm an idiot. It's like send in the truck. Yeah, who else yeah. we got? Send in the car. <laughs> send in the car. Send in yeah. the car. And this is it's like a like a Tesla truck. Cybertruck, yeah. Yeah, it's a Cybertruck, <laughs> right. yeah. 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 And it's like mowing up the steps. Yeah. Yeah. And it, what was the plan with that? I they guess they were going to ram the door. They were just going to drive through the glass door? Yeah. That was I, already shot out? That was, yeah, yeah. I guess. I don't it know. It didn't seem, yeah. It was not. They had plan. that car. Like it was already paid for. <laughs> yep, like, that's right. We got to use it. Yep, yep. We got it with our homeland security money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then they just blow this motherfucker up. Yep. The, like, the terrorists. I mean, and John McClane was like, they have rocket launchers and grenades and C four. Like, you need to be serious about this. And then, like, they send in a car. Yeah. And yep. And the car and, gets hit by a rocket launcher twice. A couple times. Yep. And McClane again has to take matters in his own hands. And wraps C4, no, takes yep. a computer monitor over the C4, C4 onto the desk chair. He secures it with the monitor's cord, which is somehow 40 feet long. Yeah. He uses all the detonators available and he, he takes out a floor. Yeah. Which is awesome. It yeah. is so awesome. <laughs> There's glass everywhere. That glass? Is- You're worried about glass? <laughs> it's, man, what a, what a ballsy move, though, to like, explode a floor underneath you yeah because building yep. because yeah. i mean you look at that explosion and i mean listen i watched those planes hit those towers and they took those buildings down and it you know it seemed like they were going to stay up and they did not last they did out. not no you and they just, were hit at the top because they had already tried hitting them at the bottom right with the van yeah yeah that's right 
which I learned through a Biggie song. That's right. Yeah. Blow up like the world trade, man. Yeah. So like, oh, we're just, I'll just explode a lower floor. Right. Down an elevator shaft that I was kind of using as an elevator shaft. I was using it to carry an elevator car. They use the elevators quite a bit after that. They still do. Yeah. 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 Well, there's a, there's a bank of elevators. (coughs) Hopefully he uses them on the other side. Well, he has to take, remember he has to take the express elevator to the party. Yep. So there's like. Fast elevators. 30th floor. Yeah. Slow elevators. Dude, in some of those high rises, there's elevators. Like you go you go to like Vegas and it's like a 40 or 50 story building. And like these elevators only go up to floor 10. These elevators only go to 11 through 20 or whatever. Like you get on the wrong elevator and you're just lost. One of my favorite things, one of my favorite scenes in this movie is when the terrorists enter the building, they like lock it down. They're like hacking into the system. The elevators can only go up to this floor. So they show all these like... Uh, like steel bars coming down, all these doors closing, and then they show the escalators stopping. Oh, dude! <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that's gonna stop them. Now, now, they're just stairs now, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> oh, well, and then when when the SWAT team comes, they go into like a second level of lockdown where like the bigger bars close. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> but you could. Looks like you could probably still walk through them. Like you, the only thing you can't get through them is a car. So that's what the SWAT team tries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do, the, it, the movie doesn't give a great sense of this building because it seems like it was filmed in a hundred different buildings. Right. It's like where are those escalators? Like never see them again. Never. Nope. You can't see any of the bars from the well, outside. As like, far as we know, nothing happens between the first floor, there the ground floor, and the thirtieth floor. No, they, they yeah. the elevators can get that. Shut it down. Can't take Shut an elevator. Down. The el- escalator clearly goes to some floor where nothing's happening. Yeah, just to the mezzanine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, huh. all right. So SWAT team. Oh, oh well. Okay. Oh, no, one, go ahead. One more thing on that is yeah. like, okay, so you have this big, awesome building with every possible type of room and escalator and stairs and everything, and they're like, we're going to throw the Christmas party with the offices right yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well that's where the water feature was at right, right. that's right, that's right. Yeah. i will say my one of my and the vault then the vault yeah what when he's shutting down the elevators and he like reach, reaches underneath or yanks the cords and then he fucking like sidekicks the panel of computers and mont like oh, and yeah. it just like burst into flames right. like Com- computers i guess used to be very fragile very very yeah. like one sidekick took out a whole wall. Yeah. <laughs> also, why is the vault on the 30th floor? <laughs> With the offices and the water. With the feature. offices yeah. and the water feature and the party. Yeah. That's, I mean, listen, if that's, floor's got all that stuff, that's where you, that's where it's happening. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> so did John McClane explode a floor below the 30th floor? Because it looked pretty low. It looked, it looked like it was like the, the tenth or so floor. It yeah. wasn't a high floor. No, uh-uh. so it was one of those floors that was finished and otherwise occupied. Maybe not that night. Yeah, but not. I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Blow it up. Yeah, blow it up. Get there. Blow it up. I well, mean, honestly, if nobody believes you, even after the car got look blown up by a he kicked a desk walking. chair down an elevator shaft. He did not have a great plan for which floor was getting blown up. <laughs> And oh, stood there and watched it. Yeah, you're right. Like, oh shit, flames yeah. are coming up. Oh, oh guess <laughs> guess that bomb is gonna blow up. Let me move. Quite a bit of the suspense in this movie it involves John McClane peering down an elevator shaft yeah. <laughs> and being like, oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Man. So then uh we get to 
Ellis. 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 Like, I'm going to put it into this. Oh, we'll yeah. be. Okay, we'll so, be. So Ellis is the asshole. He's, he's the, the cokehead. He's the yeah. he's the the guy with bonitis from Futurama. Yep. 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 Eighties guy. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I am a business guy. I do business things. This is a negotiation. I'm just gonna handle this. I'm coked yeah, out of my mind. Not, we're, we're dealing with it. John Boy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him we're friends. Yeah. And so, he's like, Ellis, man, stop. Yeah. You do not know these guys. His best line. Hans, what are you doing with the gun? This is radio, not television. Yeah. <laughs> what am I, a method actor? <laughs> and, and just Don McClain is like, this motherfucker. This guy. Yeah. Son of a bitch. So he makes a he, – he, you know, it's actually commendable because he could have walked in and been like, her. Her. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's the yeah. one. I mean, it was very brave of him to be like, this is my friend. You know, yeah. yeah, the dumbest possible thing he could have said, but he's like, yeah, me and this guy, we go way back. Sure. But yeah. He's the reason I'm the reason he's here, well, you know, and I, like, love, That's a I love his logic starts with we'll all be great if we just let these guys execute their plan. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they clearly have our best interest in mind more than my coworker's husband. <laughs> who's already killed a couple of them right yeah yeah he's succeeding yeah so uh ellis gets shot in the face yeah oh man you know what guys i forgot all about Alon though before yeah, we, ellis wait 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 we forgot to say spoiler alert oh i'm sorry <laughs> yeah way ahead of that, way late on yeah. that uh but john and hans are talking on the radio and he's Say you're just another American cowboy. Oh, oh the line right. of the, the line. movie. Yeah. Only says one time. He says it one time, and then Hans, Hans says, says it one time. time. Yeah, yep. yeah. So yeah. Hans Gruber asked him if he's John Wayne or Rambo. Rambo, which Rambo three was in the theaters at like oh really during eighty eight. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then uh, John McClane says, "I've always been a Roy Rogers. Thought of myself as a Roy Rogers." Yep. He likes the sequin shirts. <laughs> yeah, like, yep, that's right. Yep. <laughs> Roy Rogers is the one who had the uh, um, the goodbye song. I think so. Yeah. Right. Happy trails to you. Yeah, I think that's my. Till I think that's the only thing. But he, and, I guess he was a cowboy then. And, <laughs> yeah, and and the roast beef. Arby's. Now there's a, there's a there's a, a chain of restaurants called Roy Rogers. They were like roast beef. It was similar to an Arby's. They okay. were like a roast beef chain. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Mostly. In the north, like the New England, Northeast. I've definitely Eastern heard Seaboard. of Roy Rogers restaurants mm-hmm. yeah. in like movies and TV. Yeah. But yep, I've been to one. Yeah, there was one in okay. Frederick, Maryland, where uh, some of my friends used to live. Yeah, how was it? How was the roast beef? Uh, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. that's that. The that starts the kind of the basis of the interaction between uh, John McClane and Hans Gruber. Yeah. Yep, he's a cowboy. And John McClane is like, you know, he's clever. He's like, I'm not going to tell you who I am, you know. Because uh-uh. Obviously, you know, I mean, he knew all about Mr. Takoshi. Takagi. Takagi. Takagi? Takagi-san. Yeah. And, yeah, that, it's like, yeah. this guy. This guy's smart. Yeah. Yeah. And then he tells Al to call him Roy. Call me Roy. Call, call me Roy. Roy. Yep. yep. Roy is shifting now. Roy is shifting now. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> How you feeling, Roy? Pretty fucking underappreciated, Al. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. 
So All there's right. the primary antagonist, protagonist relationship. We've got a cowboy and a German. <laughs> and, a, <laughs> and a thief. <laughs> oh. So after the LAPD, well, they unsuccessfully get into the building. Yep. Hans has got <laughs> his list. At least they figured out that there's something going on. Yeah. There. <laughs> yep. yep. And Hans radios down and like, hey, here's my list of demands. Yeah. The Asian Dawn. The Asian Dawn. He read about him in time. <laughs> read about him in time, magazine. So his demand is a bunch of – does he call them freedom fighters or something like yep. that? Yeah. Like he wants them all released yep. from prisons all over North the world. Ireland, Northern Canada. Northern Ireland, Quebec, Quebec de Libertin. Yeah. 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 I love it. Like the LAPD can do this. Sure. Yeah. Yep. I, oh, just a wild goose chase. Love well, it. and I think so. His his to paraphrase his statement: uh, the American State Department loves rattling its saber for its own ends. Now it can rattle it for mine. So he's trying to take it up from an LAPD thing to the federal level. It's like he knows like what he's asking for. Feds. Yeah. He's like, send me feds because. In his his end game, they're critical to his plan. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and all this time, the vault is being hacked into. Yeah, and, and by hacked, I mean they have a very long drill bit. Yeah, very, <laughs> right? very long. They've done the computer part. Now they're they're drill hacking. Yeah. They're fracking. And the computer also knows where the drill is. Of course, yeah. So there's like a graphic. Of- it's a computerized <laughs> drill. Yeah. <laughs> They brought, oh. they brought the correct model. Turns out they were all the rage. Yeah. <laughs> Picked it up at Radio Shack. Uh, yeah. Built it from components sourced at Radio Ooh. Shack. Yeah. It's a Tandy. It's a Tandy. Uh. <laughs> it's the Tandy drill master. Yeah. <laughs> Compatible with that Tandy safe. Right. That's right. It, it takes uh, D batteries that you can get once a year with yeah. your card. <laughs> God, we used to have. So there was a guy. The apartments we lived in. In Stevens Point, Wisconsin, on North Point Drive, there was another guy that lived around the corner. His name was Andy, and he worked at Radio Shack. And for Christmas every year, he would give us the battery punch cards. You could go to Radio Shack and get, like, a pack of batteries every month for the year or something. And that was, like, the coolest gift because everything took batteries, and we never had them. Yeah. Great. I think his name was Andy Hecht. And I know that's a really bizarre thing to remember, yeah. but I uh, think that was his name. That wasn't the guy with the teepee. No, no, no. There was okay. another guy with a teepee and a daughter who was like in high school who I was just, oh, man. She babysat for us a couple times. Yeah, she, she yeah. was something. I but don't remember her name. Imagine before. like living in an apartment complex and putting up your teepee sometimes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Definitely. I've never encountered that in the apartment. No, nope. <laughs> not, not as an employee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. As long as it's 15 yards away from the building right that's right that's right yeah yep. it's, it's more of a fire code thing than anything yeah. yeah oh okay so they get off the radio with their demands hans says go get the detonators then hans heads to the roof to check to check yep and he runs into john mcclain he puts down his gun to climb between cooling towers does he put down his gun and his cigarettes uh, I don't know if he had his cigarettes, but he, he like props his gun on the side of the cooling tower. Yeah, because he needs both hands. He can't possibly put it in a pocket, right? He has to put it down, yeah. and he climbs up. Then he meets John. He jumps down, and John's there and in he his uses, bare, dirty feet. Uses an American accent. 
Yeah. No, you're one of them. Oh, oh no. no. And you really see the uh, like the calculation in Hans Gruber's mind where he's like, this is the guy I have to pretend to be afraid of him and right. think that he's a terrorist. And like you see all of that play out in Hans Gruber's mind. And uh, John McClane... John McClane plays it totally cool. He's like, oh, if you want to live, stick with me. Do you know how to use a gun? Hands him a gun. Like, there's no indication that he is caught on. Nice. Correct. Dude, because Hans Gruber is using a, a fake American accent, which, I mean, it sounds awful, but. I well, before it, he hands, you know? hands him a gun, he he is very suspicious because he's asked who his name is. And right. he gives the wrong name. Bill Clay. Bill Clay. Yeah. 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 So. Yep. Then. Uh, what happens is, is he gives a gun, and as soon as he gets the gun, Hans Gruber is like, "Does he turn the accent back? Or does he?" He puts he puts out a cigarette, and then he calls somebody in, on the radio in German. Yeah, he's like, okay. as John's walking away, he crushes out a smoke. He gets on the radio, and he's speaking in German. And then you know he he draws the gun on McLean, and McLean kind of turns around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, you think you think this is it? You That's know, it. It's yep. done. A game over. Man, he messed up. And then. Click, 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 click. click. Well, you think I'm a fucking idiot? Yeah, Yeah, I can't can't believe our dad was quoting Die Hard all these these years. years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but you're—I mean, as as a viewer, you're like. Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah, yeah, I was really worried. That's what the suspense came from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then backup shows up like. You were right saying, after that. Yeah, yeah, up the elevator, ding. Yep. And this is the iconic shoot the glass. All right, this is this is a, a continuity flying the ointment thing for me. He's yelling at the guys in German to shoot the glass, and they're like, "What?" And he has to clarify it in English. It's like uh, shoot the glass. Shoot they're the- like, "Oh, shoot oh. the glass." Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's not one seventeen letter word for that in German for shoot the yes. glass yeah. over there. Yes. <laughs> John, they shoot the glass. He ends up, they get another one of those hockey puck. Uh, oh, little flashbangs. Little flashbangs. Yeah, bang, yep. yep. And it's like, like that, that effect is like, re, like when that, the, the hockey puck one, it rolls and it goes off. It's like, yeah. That, yeah. That, they really got that really. They did that well. Yeah. Yeah. And but he, he runs through it. But he leaves through. the, he leaves the detonators. Yep. And well, they call off the, well. Yeah. They're back off, in business. Yep, back in business. Yep. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, after that, feds get, show up. Yep, feds are there. Agent Johnson, Special Agent Johnson. No relation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a black, a black one and a white one, and they're like, they're both named Agent Johnson. So they show up. No relation. Ha yeah. ha ha. That's funny. <laughs> I am a big fan in the credits when they roll. It's Young Johnson, Big Johnson, and Little Johnson. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Which they're both about the same size. They really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was. <clears throat> I thought for most of the movie that the FBI agents were like in with the terrorists like that. Oh, like like when I was watching it, I'm like, these guys could be like in on this because they don't like show a badge or anything. Mm -hmm. They just show up in suits and they're like, we're from the FBI. Yeah. And they're like, these guys like Dwayne's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, we're in charge now. Okay. All right. They just showed up and it's like, really? Nonchalance, you know. Another great line. <laughs> Dwayne's fixing his tie out. You want a breath mint? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the movie's 
not that complicated. No, it's no. A simple movie. Very, very simple. simple. But yeah. you, you could be led to believe that because they show up very nonchalantly. They seem really unprofessional. And uh, Hans keeps pushing for the FBI. Yeah. So like he's pushing for the FBI, so he knows something. Yeah, these these might be his guys. Yeah, and they come in and they do exactly what he wanted them. Yep, yep. Super Cut believable. The grid. Yeah, actually, yep. maybe they were. They Ooh. well, they continued to do exactly what they wanted. Hans yeah. wanted them to because yeah. they died in a helicopter. Yep. Right. <laughs> they were headed to the roof to get the. Yeah, and they the were hostages. okay with losing. Yeah, yeah, 25%. we lose we lose twenty five percent of the hostages. Yeah, I can live with that. Yeah, yeah. what? So Hans Gruber's plan. He he's trying to steal all this business money. From the vault. That's yep. About, from business. Yeah. The 30th floor. And then he was going to, the plan was to rig the roof with explosives. So when the helicopters came, it was going to explode. They would think that he and all the other terrorists were dead. The money was gone and the FBI agents were gone, but they were going to exit out in a right. van or something. And they were bearer an bonds. So there's ambulance. really, okay. In an ambulance. Yeah. Yep. They're bearer bonds. So there's, they're virtually untraceable. So there's no really no record of these things. Yeah. So yeah. by the time anybody finds out, they're sitting on an island earning 20%. Earning t- yep. <laughs> which the, I want to know how they were going to do that, but that's 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 another movie. They did not cover that in any of the sequels. I learned about bear bonds in that episode of Archer where they're in Monaco at Le Grand Prix. <laughs> and Archer like loses a bunch of bear bonds. And they, they, like, they have to explain what bear bonds are to Archer. A bear bond, the owner of which is the person physically holding the bear bonds. <laughs> like, I did not know what those were <laughs> until then. But they're pieces of paper that are worth a bunch of money. And the legal owner of them is whoever, the bear. Whoever holds it. Yep. Yeah. There's actually a reference to bearer bonds, or they're used as a plot device in the newest season of Reacher. One of the, one oh. of the first, I think when I was watching the first three or four episodes are out now, um, in one of those first episodes, they, he goes, oh man, I, I saw these in Die Hard. Or so, like they, I think they reference hmm. Die Hard or I saw them in a movie or oh, something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that's out now. I can't wait. Oh, oh I man. I want to watch Reacher. It's good. But I get like fatigue watching like action stuff you know what i mean like like it just did you watch the first season of reacher i haven't seen any of the first season of reacher is good the second season because they are very different stories it's almost standalone so you can watch the first season and that story wraps up okay and then he moves on and this is a second story okay yeah yeah so if you're not if you're waiting until the second season is out or the whole thing is out so you can binge it you can watch the whole first, and they're hour long episodes. Like it's a it's a legit series. I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. Well, like I like the Born Identity. I thought it was great, but like there's only so much of that, right? Like, of like Matt Damon yeah. being a secret ninja. Do, like, do you need five movies worth? Yeah, no. you know, yeah. it's like even Jeremy Renner, even Jeremy Renner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. oh, oh man. Okay. Tangent. So, back back to Die Hard. No, you're good. No. All I right. Know, so the good. safe unlocks music cues. Me- Cue the music. Oh, the the FBI come and they shut the power off. They shut the, the power off, yes. Which was part of Hans Gruber's plan. Yeah. Because the FBI last, playbook. The last lock is electromagnetic and there isn't a breaker for some reason. Can't be. Can't <laughs> cut the grid from inside the building. That's right. Can't cut the power from inside the building. Yeah. So, which. Hope you got a miracle. Yeah. It's Christmas, Theo. Yeah. The time of year. It's yeah. the time of miracles. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's good cheer. So the, the big long drill press has made it its way whatever i don't think they even showed like they just they you just see the back half of the drill right because the tandy drill master did <laughs> did its job yeah did what it did it, it was able to drill into the tandy 9, vault <laughs> door 
Yeah. And then the power goes off. The vaults, uh, the, the vault opens like, is it, is that when the Ode, the Ode to Joy, Ode to Ode Joy at like half speed plays? Yes. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. And it's like this magical place. <laughs> and right around the same time, this is when the news van shows up at John and Holly or yep. Holly's house at John's family's address yeah. right here in LA. Yeah. Yep. And Hans is like, wait a minute. Of and course, lifts up the fucking picture. He's watching it on a portable, like four inch television yeah. screen yeah. in color, which they, they brought that in earlier. Did they? Like when he got into that office, you see somebody like set it down, plug it in and you see like the screen come on. Like they pull up the news. And they put it, it on yeah. the news. Just yeah. so happens he's watching the right news channel because yeah. that's yeah. what the script says. Well, I mean, channel 14. Let's channel be honest, 14. It was the 80s. There were four channels. There were only a couple. Well, so, I assume it, LA had the most, but it I was going to say a lot. LA had several. But yeah, you're right. It's, yeah. it's not unreasonable to think that he was tuned into the one that yeah. was listening to Yeah, he didn't to have to camera. sign into his profile. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, so the news figures out who John McClain is, and they go to bother his family. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> because of Ellis, because Ellis tells him he's John yeah. McClain. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mr. John McClain John of the Mc... New York Police Department. <laughs> oh. So they get there. The news team gets there. Consuela opens the door, and she won't let him in. And William Atherton backs off, and then he has a private conversation about calling immigration. And she acquiesces. The news team goes in. They get a, a heartfelt message from Lucy McLean. Lucy McLean. Lucy McLean. Come home. Yeah. And uh, that's Hans. when Hans puts two and two together to make four. Because he's in her office. Her office. Yeah. Which, of course. Of course. course. Yeah. So and he l- turns around and looks at the picture that she had laid down for other reasons. And he had already met John McClain. Okay, I have a question. That picture was down in the office? And yes. John McClain like, picked it up, looked at it, and then put it back down? No, she put it no, down. She put it she down. She put it down. Right. After he showed up? No, while she was waiting for him. Yeah. Oh, While she's on the phone, like she it, didn't know he never called before he got on the plane. Oh, that's yeah. right. So yeah. she, I mean, there was no, there was no phone app to track the flight, right. you know, or anything. Yeah. So she didn't know for sure that he was even on the plane and coming. Right. So she, like, she couldn't. It was too emotional. She yeah. couldn't stand to look at him because she was, she was fraught with emotion over whether or not he was actually going to come to L.A. And he showed up. He showed up. He did. Yay! Good. Yeah. <laughs> As it turns out. <laughs> For so many people. Yeah. Otherwise, she could have died on a roof. Yeah. 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 Okay, so they're in the vault. Ode well, to Joy. Yeah. Ode to Joy. It's a big thing. And I think at this point, in Holly's like, oh, you're just a common thief. I am an exceptional thief. <laughs> <laughs> so there's also a, like a subplot that we didn't talk about where one of the first henchmen that he kills has a brother who's another henchman and there's like a revenge thing where yeah right so when though the like the there's like three henchmen left they go up to you know to take down uh bruce willis yep and the brother is like nobody kills him but me yep and well and before that hans tells him he wants him neutralized i don't want him neutral i want him dead yeah that's right <laughs> Yeah, so uh, 
they go up there. I think John McClane takes out the other two pretty quick, right? Yeah. And then it's just him and the brother, and they have kind of a knockdown drag out and ends up uh, wrapping his head around a chain and leaving him hanging from a wall in a stairwell. And you think he's dead. And you think he's he looks pretty he dead. He looks pretty looks dead. Yeah. Pretty dead. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, he has his final showdown with Hans Gruber. Yeah. And he's taped. He's only got like a couple of bullets left. Yeah, he has two. And he sees the, the packing tape or the Christmas tape. Yes. And yeah, that's right. And he, he tapes the gun to his back and he shows up and Hans Gruber's got him uh, in his sights and he puts his hands up and they. Oh, and he, joke. Yeah. Hans is like, what did you say? Yippee ki yay, motherfucker. Motherfucker. And he starts laughing starts, at the motherfucker. Maniacally yeah. laughing. And everybody yeah. starts laughing. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. and like, like to the audience, you think John McClane, I mean. He's fucking know, bad. He's just lost it. Yeah. The camera kind of pans around and you see the gun taped to his back and his hands are up. Like behind his head, close yeah. enough. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So John McClane, he, uh, they're in this little shootout thing and he reaches behind his back, grabs a gun. Shoots Hans Gruber out the window. Yep. He shoots him, shoots him in the chest. Holly jumps away. Hans is still grabbing Holly's arm. And then he turns and shoots this, the fake security guy in the forehead. And then, but the window broke through that shooting. So um, Hans is like falling out the window. He falls out, but he's holding on to Holly's wrist. And John comes over there. A Rolex. And and undoes the Rolex. Yeah. The Rolex goes, Hans falls. The falling scene is really is it looks like he's really falling. And I, like I yeah. just remember I watched Aliens not too long ago and there's a scene at the end of Aliens where the alien is falling and it does not look right. Does look that real? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, there's some inf- there's some debate about whether or not that was real or acting. Like there's been a lot of hubbub like, "Oh, well, they were going to count to 3 and they dropped him on 2," which I've heard is Totally false. Totally like, bunk. I mean, yeah. If the, if it's a question of whether Alan Rickman was capable of like, acting like he's falling, yeah. yeah. The answer yeah. is yes. He's yeah. perfectly capable. Yeah. Yeah. If not, then it would just be real. Like it wouldn't be acting. Right. Right. Like, it's just real. Yeah. 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 And then Sorry. and then Dwayne. Man, I hope that's not a hostage. I hope that's not a hostage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just see this dude, I mean, they, they watch this dude just fall. They like they show Hans Gruber kind of falling in slow mo, the like dramatic thing, and then like, but from their perspective, they just see like. Thunk. Just a body yeah. Yeah. fell uh-huh. thirty floors, yeah. and actually a really good reaction, really good simultaneous reaction when yeah. they give the splat noise. Very, yeah, yep. And then we're in the parking lot. John McClane comes down. Um, the final terrorist sneaks out, throws off his thing, levels a gun. Al pulls his gun. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah. Where's and up? I don't even think we mentioned all the squibs were on his shoulder, so he he wore his shoulder <laughs> slam out. <laughs> uh, that Al shot a kid. Right. That's yeah. why he was a desk jockey. He was a desk jockey. And ever yeah. since then, he'd never been able to. Oh, and Pull also, when they met each other, they, like, knew. Like, they just, like, they oh, looked at hun- each other yeah. and were like, like, yep. they'd never met each other before, didn't know what each other looked Huge like. Huge hug, laugh, like, yeah. oh, my yeah. God, I can't well, believe we made this. Uh, Al says, I love you. Like, over the radio, like, halfway through the movies, like, yeah. I love you. Stay I love safe you. up there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Which is, I mean... I think that's cool, you know, but like in the eighties, was that like controversial? Not in LA. No. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> true. They're, they're kissing cheeks and all kinds of stuff. That would have been there. the perfect like California. California. <laughs> yeah. Even the cops are all sensitive. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. So and it pans away. 
and you see all the bear bonds falling yep. through the sky Which and is- let it snow. It's playing in the background. Blank paper. You, yeah. You see that they're blank because those were the fake bear bonds from the roof. Yes. So that they would, you know, blow, burn up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But yep. let it snow. Let beautiful, it snow. beautiful snow metaphor yeah. for L.A. Yep. Yeah. And then. Uh, and then Holly punches the news guy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Make out in, make out in the back of the limo. The limo they, driver says. Argyle draws, draws off. I don't want to see New Year's. Oh, no. Argyle wait Argyle goes, I can't wait to see oh, New Year's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one, notable, one notable thing for me that was left out of the movie and I'm really appreciative of is that they never address or bring up race at all. <laughs> the only thing that can even be possibly attributed to it you know, you've got the the John, Agent Johnson, Agent Johnson. One's black, one's white. They're clearly not related. And the old, the older white Johnson calls the younger Johnson slick. Yeah, which could be. But that's like I'm I'm waiting for it. You know, I'm waiting for a joke or a quip or a reference. Yeah. And it's yeah. completely devoid of all of that. And it's really refreshing. Like it's it's I enjoyed that part of it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because, I mean, you know, you watch a movie from the 80s, and you're like, all right, does this hold up? Because the world has moved on quite a bit since then. And this movie holds up really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the technology is a little nostalgic, you know, but it's it's present. There's computers. Yeah. In in some form or fashion. I mean. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. A touchscreen CRT. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which means that they had cameras to see where your finger was. There was nothing on that screen that indicated anything to do with a touch yeah but it was i yeah. mean yeah right. great movie yeah, yeah. and so just a few interesting facts to wrap this up all right clint eastwood once owned the rights to the movie die hard like there could have been a world where eastwood even portrayed john mcclain okay okay i don't yeah. know if i could see it in the eight like i, I feel like I don't know if I could buy him being a New York City viewer. No. Uh, I could see him being badass enough to do it, but not crawling through a vent or or some of some of the action stuff. If it yeah. was set like twenty years earlier. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And it was like kind of a different like dynamic between the antagonist and the protagonist. Because right. we had like we had a good guy, like a cowboy from Cowboys and Indians. You had a good guy and a bad yeah. guy. The cowboys were the good guys. Yep. And then you have like the uh, Americans versus the Germans. We had the bad guy from that. And then it was kind of like mushed together. So if it would have been Clint Eastwood, I think they would have had to pick a different good guy <laughs> yeah. and a different yeah. bad guy from different combinations. Right. But Definitely. It, it probably could have worked. Sure. And uh, Sam Neill was their first choice for Hans. Jurassic Park. Sam, Sam Neill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who was also in the hunt for Red October. He wanted to move to Montana and be with the a buxom, chesty American woman. Don't we all? Right. Amen, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. hey, uh, Sam. Yeah. And Gene Hackman was supposed to be Al Powell. Really? Yeah, not Man. Reginald Vell Johnson. I'm glad Reginald Vell Johnson was. Yeah. Because yeah. that kicked that kicked off a career for him that lives. He, he lives brought in some my, heart to it too. He brought a lot of heart to it. It lives in my memory. Because without without. Reginald Vell Johnson is Al Powell. Does he become Carl Winslow ever? I can't. I don't know. It, I yeah. I don't know. He yeah. was a cop in a couple other things. Yeah. So <laughs> it seems like we'll have to look. We'll have to look into the timeline. I'm going to look into the timeline on my own time for my own personal knowledge to see if this was the one that kicked it off, or if this was a result of some other cop, uh, cop role 
Yeah. For, he had plenty. Well, for RVJ. He was yeah. a cop on Perfect Strangers. Right. Mm. But when, I, I don't know when that was. Was that later in the 80s? Or was that prior to this? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I'm, I'm just curious yeah, about yeah. the timeline. Yeah. I'll look into it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Not, we're not going to look it up here. But uh, yeah. exercise left for the listener. That's right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to dive yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, Nakitoma Plaza was actually the headquarters for 20th Century Fox. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. The outside of the building. Yeah. Nice. So, and uh, you see Willis running around the movie so much with no shoes on. Yep. They use the Hobbit approach. They made special feet-looking shoes. Oh, feet shoes. For Bruce okay. Willis. Okay, yeah. That's, that's very nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, they look great. They, I mean, you yes. can't tell. It well, yeah. I mean, when, I, they, when they zoom in on his feet, those are his feet. But yeah. when he's running around, the, yeah. the shoes, yeah. They've been like, oh, I'll pick that glass. Oh, oh, man, it is rough. Yeah, I yeah. look away most time when yeah. I'm watching uh, that scene. I did notice it was his left foot, so his driving wouldn't be impaired. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the movie because, uh, like, it knows what it was. It was an action movie, and it had action. It's a fairly simple, convoluted maybe, but a simple premise. You had a good guy, a bad guy. The bad guy is extremely bad and competent, and the good guy is a fish out of water, but he's a badass. So you like to see him win. All of the special effects were really good. Like the explosions, the gunfire. Yep. All mm-hmm. of the gunshots, all of the, uh, uh, what'd you call them? The little blood. Oh, the squibs, the squibs, the squibs like, were like, good. I mean, yep. it looked great. I mean, when, uh, when he shoots Ellis and you see the blood splatter on the glass, like all of that was just great. Good spray. Bruce Willis. I mean, obviously he became a star from this. Like I die hard is a really Solid. good movie. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The plot is just enough. There's just enough story to make the action believable and relevant. The characters are complicated enough yeah, that you believe real. them. They're, they're real. real. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, You phrased it perfectly. You mirror my exact feelings on this movie. It's, it's, it's really believable because it knows what it is and it's not trying to be something it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Because it could have been like Wolf of Wall Street. Or even like Trading Places has that super complicated like stock exchange like scheme that they do at the end. That right. I watched like a thirty minute YouTube video on what actually they were doing, and I still don't know what they were doing. And uh, they didn't have to do any of that. They're like, we have money. It's business. We're a business. And here it is. There you go. Yep. And that's been Die Hard, guys. That's Join been us hard. next time. I think we're going to look into doing. Trading places. Trading places, like Adam just mentioned. Yep, he brought it around. All right. Well, follow us on X at Fox Movie Pod. Email us at silver.foxmoviepod at gmail.com. And look for the show on Apple, Odyssey, Amazon, Audible, all Odyssey, of them. Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you get your podcast. We're there. We're out. Don't forget your popcorn. <laughs>